0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: Hello, this is Zack Saber Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style with my mates. Enjoy.
2: I'ma chill and let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping it strong style six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to keeping it strong style The ace of podcasts on the social suplex podcast network Jeremy Donovan here with The implications Matthew Mayer on today's show, we'll be discussing New Japan Cup USA, the road to wrestling, Don Taku, answering your questions and covering all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network or to Keeping a Strong Style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. You can check out our Pro Wrestling T store, pro wrestlingtees.com slash socialsuplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate. You click on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only... Browser extension for njbwworld.com with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and share playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes World to the next level. You can visit njbwext.us today for details. Uh, and young boys out today, but I have my man Imp from WrestlingHeadlines.com. Imp, how are you doing, man? I am flipping knackered. But... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jeremy hit me up about two or three hours ago. Uh, I just so happens to have started listening to an episode of Keeping It Strong Style, available on on Red Circle. <laughs> I was it, and he was like, "It was like Impy baby, Impy baby. We need we need you, Impy. Ba- <laughs> we need you, Impy boy. <laughs> impy boy. I, impy, boy I, impy boy. We need you over here. Need, impy I need boy. a top. We got boys down.
2: <laughs> I need a top draw to come fill in." Y- young boy couldn't <laughs> um, make it to the arena <laughs>
1: young boy dialed down <laughs> impy boy comes on in <laughs> yes yeah. I and the reason I said yes was because I I had my Raw review and after my Raw review I was like I need cheering up I just <laughs> I need it let's talk about New Japan let me be happy about wrestling again I, ca- I can't wait to talk about some New Japan going through all the questions and just thinking about a world that oh, I was going to say makes makes so much more sense but uh, we'll get to it <laughs> Yeah yeah,
2: yeah there's there some questionable uh, there's Things some going on uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that uh, You know this past week We had Wrestlemania I guess it, we should call it Wrestlemania week at this point cause It's no longer just a weekend There's literally events from the Independence All the way up to WWE happening all throughout The week and Mania weekend was here In my home city of Tampa Florida We had a bunch of wrestlers Running throughout the city Um all kinds of shows, like I mentioned, from, you know, your low-level indie that you never heard to all the way up to both nights of WrestleMania right here at Raymond James Stadium, actually 10 minutes away from the uh, Strong Style Dojo here. Um, so, pretty crazy weekend. I was able to go to a couple of shows here that actually featured um, several New Japan guys, most of the, the U.S. New Japan guys that you see on Strong. And, you know, we had a question from our good friend Sir Sam and he says, as Comrade Townsend would say, chat me up about Bloodsport. So, uh, Bloodsport 6 was Thursday night. Um, did get a chance to go to the show with Youngboy and Rich Latta. Um, this is actually the first time that I've attended a uh, Bloodsport. So, Josh has been all in on Bloodsport from the very first one. I remember the first time uh, we went to New Orleans for Mania Weekend, and he's like, we were like literally just drove into New Orleans, and like we wanted to just kind of check into. Our you know our Airbnb and getting settled And like their Bloodsport at the time was like It was a new show so it was like four, it was like The four o'clock slot in the afternoon And Boy was like I gotta go to this show So we like dropped him off <laughs> And he like loved it ever since then And ever since then he's been trying to get us to go but it just has never Worked out as far as our schedules Like in New York uh, You know Rich and I ended up going to where we were having Suplexmania and meeting Tamatanga And him buying us a beer and Staying there t- chatting with him until it was time For the WrestleCon super show so it just never worked out for us for me to get to a Bloodsport. So finally got to a, a Bloodsport live here. Now, I know you didn't catch this one, but, but have you seen any of the Bloodsport shows before? Yes.
1: Yes, I have. And I've seen uh, so much footage from the, um, I think it was uh, the Dickinson match and the uh, Barnett Moxley match. Uh, and and Moxley's other adventures this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those stuff as well. I have watched Bloodsport before. I absolutely have loved everyone I've watched. I was so excited last year for I oh know I'm not sure I'm getting confused. No, I was like we, we we did see Suzuki Riddle. That was it. Mm, yeah. because uh, Suzuki was a replacement for somebody. Yeah, uh, he was, was a replacement for uh, Loki. I think it was. Oh, that was it. What a replacement! <laughs> <laughs> what an upgrade. <laughs> Jesus, <sorry. laughs> but yeah, I I think the match that really won it over for me was with the now Carrion Cross versus David Hotsmith. Smith. Mm that yeah. match was absolutely fantastic and completely sold the entire concept of the whole thing to me. um i have seen I've seen the other ones previously but for some reason it was that specific match where I really was like I get it. And both both men looked killer. Pardon the pun, the punk he not called killer across <laughs> <Right>. the top. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Both men just legit um, there was that is that because uh, it's a, sometimes it's a bit faux MMA-y, uh, with the I think there's a better word for it than that. But it, yeah, it really gelled in that match, and I've I've really I've made it a annual thing to definitely check it out every year since as a part of WrestleMania weekend, like along with like Joe Dino's Spring Break and stuff uh, for the culture. Like there is just the shows, yeah, the GCW shows that they put on. It just became part of my WrestleMania week. They've, the variety they offer is fantastic, and each one has like a real purpose for being there. Uh, Bloodsport, it brings that. Ruthless realism the Ruthless <laughs> aggression <laughs> <laughs> Ruthless aggression, pal
2: <laughs> But yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, watching this show live And the thing is, you know, they got they had like I think it was like 12 fights And the it, it card moved relatively fast Like, it was at one point in the night Where there was like two fights left And we're like, oh, you know, it's, it's gonna be over already? <laughs> that went by pretty fast So yeah, it was really enjoyable uh, show to watch live I really liked the presentation You know, they do, you know, kind of the, the, the fighter Kind of walkout introductions at the beginning Having both fires face-off, so that was kind of cool, you know, seeing Mox and Barnett face-off there uh, at the beginning of the show. And like we mentioned, several uh, New Japan guys were met, uh, featured on this card. Uh, first, we had Alex Coughlin. He defeated Royce Isaacs, and this was actually a rematch from um, the Bloodsport that happened a couple months ago. Um, and so, yeah, Royce Isaacs beat Coghlan that time, so this was a, a rematch. The first time that there's been a rematch, in blood sport history and so there was kind of a story Going into this and Coughlin came out running Just like the Young Lions do, bolted down To the ring, it was just a very hard Hitting um, and aggressive Matchup and Coughlin got the Win using a uh, single Crab with a heel hook, so a little Bit of the, the Young Lions style there, twisted with the Heel hook and got the big win there In post-match, it's kind of saying, you know, now I, I Got one, you got one, so I'm guessing whenever the next Bloodsport's gonna be We'll get another Coughlin uh, Royce Isaacs match uh, then we had Leo Rush uh, defeating a guy named Yoya. It's the first time I've seen Yoya. Uh, but this was a pretty good match. This is almost in a way kind of like the like a high speed uh, blood sport fight here. And Leo Rush, a lot of people don't know, you know, he has a um, amateur background, a collegiate wrestler, uh very good. He came out with um, a singlet on and was just ready to go. And we saw a lot of grappling here from Leo Rush and it's a lot of innovative kind of mixing some of that high speed um, and the grappling there together. That was a very entertaining match. At that point in the card, that was like one of the best fights of the night. Um, Then we had uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. taking on our good friend, uh, Rocky Romero. Um, There is definitely an interesting matchup here. I I think I would have probably preferred to see this in a regular rules kind of setting, a regular kind of show, but they worked really good here. Rocky's obviously very good at grappling with his time in the original L.A. dojo um, and the funny thing, at one point during this fight, Chavo was trying to do a uh, Three Amigos. <laughs> oh, yes, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say as well, uh, Chavo looked
1: flipping bit.
2: Yeah. What and, I've seen. Yeah, he was in great shape. Uh, you know, he had the, ooh, Chavo music. Which, which, <laughs> oh, for, for as well. <laughs> which popped the crowd. And uh, good fight here. Uh, Chavo got the win via ref's uh, stoppage. and. Got some big Eddie Guerrero chance uh, after the match. Um, then we had one of the the stars of Mania Weekend as far as the indie scene, uh, Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson. He defeated uh, Shane Mercer. This was a, a very hard hitting fight here. Dickinson was just, was all over the GCW shows all this weekend. Just had a solid uh, performance here as well. Um, and then the main event, the big main event: Josh Barnett defeated John Moxley by referee's decision. Uh this this fight was awesome, hard hitting. Both men bleed. Towards the end you just have both men with color gushing with blood. Uh you got Moxley talking all the crap throughout throughout the fight. And um, he was like somebody like said something he did wrong and he like was yelling at the fan. It was just it was awesome and uh just the whole atmosphere for that fight was great. And yeah, these guys were laying it into each other. Um, there was one point where like Barnett went out was outside the ring and Mox <laughs> did a dive <laughs> through <laughs> through no ropes and landed on on uh, Barnett. And so yeah, wild crazy ball brawl. Um, Barnett hits a Death Valley Driver and just repeatedly stomps Mox's head until uh, the ref stops it. And I know a lot of people uh, were surprised that Barnett won, but if you think about it in the blood sport kayfabe, I mean. Barnett is, you know, a well accomplished MMA fighter, catch wrestler. Uh, you know, it, it would be kind of unbelievable for, our, you know, crazy. I want to be a deaf match right wrestler, John John Moxley, to uh, defeat him in his own game here. Uh, I would say um,
1: Barnett has take, taken bloodsport from Middle so incredibly well. Yeah, because all of a sudden, it was, I remember when Middle left, it was just that thing of will it be the same. And then Josh Barnett went. It bloody will be. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, yeah. he's been he's been fantastic, and I've seen just how incredibly bloody this was,
2: and uh, yeah, hearing what it was like live, I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it Seems like it's something special. Yeah, it was definitely yeah, it was, it was so great live, and just uh, definitely one of the, the standouts of the weekend. Which we had a question here from Rainbow Slam Big asking. What was our favorite NJPW excursion match of WrestleMania weekend? Was it Mox versus Barnett? He says, I loved it. And yeah, for me, uh, from all the stuff that I saw uh, from, from the independents, my favorite quote-unquote excursion match would be the the Moxley-Barnett fight here at the main event of Bloodsport. I'll give a shout-out to uh, TJP
1: for coming so close to defeating Austin Aries for Internet's biggest idiot, but Austin Aries got his Twitter back. <laughs> so, he's <laughs> so close. So close. <laughs>
2: Uh, so yeah, Bloodsport was awesome If you, if anybody's ever thinking about going to Bloodsport on Mania weekend You know, next year Mania's in Dallas I'm sure there'll be one there If you're thinking about going to Dallas I definitely recommend going to Bloodsport And I know Josh was telling me, you know, this wasn't even, you know The best car that he's seen And just the best environment It's kind of weird kind of being on an out, outside um, arena And normally it's inside And you kind of hear some of the, the striking a little bit more But I still, I thought that venue was cool and so yeah if you definitely if you're in me Dallas next year go out your way to watch Bloodsport or order it on Fight TV you can order all the rape, replays for all the p- previous Bloodsport so definitely definitely recommend checking that out um, also the weekend um, after Bloodsport we stayed for for the Culture Show which featured uh, one New Japan guy here Leo Rush he had a matchup against Lee Moriarty uh, I think this is either second or third time I've seen Moriarty in action and. Uh, this was another kind of a high speed, high high paced match here, high flying matchup here. Uh, Moriarty actually defeated Leo Rush. It's a really good match. There was a botch towards the end with the referee, where uh, Moriarty had uh, Leo in a cradle and Leo didn't kick out, and the ref just stopped counting. <laughs> 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 it's like, uh, what's going on here? But uh. overall, still a, a pretty good matchup here. Leo Rush, another guy that was all over the GCW shows uh, this weekend. Um, And then on Friday night, we went to the GCW slash uh, violence, time, suffering, lucid dreams show. Um, And now this was another midnight show, but the crowd was absolutely dead for this show. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) uh, It's like, I get it. Most of you guys have probably been there all day because I know collective DCW ran shows at Mm the same venue all day. But come on guys, if you're going to stay for this show Give give something, give a little bit of energy uh, There was like only like one matchup It was like a crazy 5 on 5 um, Tag where the guys were brought All over throughout um, the arena And doing all kinds of crazy flips There was a guy named Ninja Mac You can follow him on Twitter at One. He was doing the craziest flips so Rich Ladder Pro Wrestling approved I was like, <laughs> you, you gotta find the gifts of that guy um, But also on this card They had uh, Brian Cage Going up against Chris Dickinson so a little uh, AEW versus New Japan here, and this was a really, really good match. Unfortunately, the crowd was just was so dead, but I was loving this. This was a hard-hitting fight. Dickinson actually wrestled on spring break. Um, he was in a match, a really bloody match in spring break, so he came out in this match, had all bandaged up and stapled up and got busted back open again. He was a bloody mess, and it's a very hard-hitting hoss fight here, everything you would expect when you think of... Uh, Brian Cage and Dirty Daddy, and uh, Brian Cage got the win there. Um, And Then the main event of this show was low-key defeating Leo Rush. Now, I actually didn't see this main event because we actually ended up leaving. So unlike uh, Bloodsport and For the Culture, this show was not running on time. and It was running long. uh, Because of um, spring break, they had that that whole angle with Moxley um, getting face-to-face with Nick Gage, and they had a a whole big cleanup from that. So this show started 45 minutes late. Uh, it, it got to a point where it's like three o'clock in the morning. We were all hungry. It's like <laughs> this crowd's dead. It's like you know. I, I could always catch this Leo Rush Lucky match later. So, but overall, still um, a fun show to be at and discovering some uh, new wrestlers there. And a another shout out to Jimmy Floyd, who went to WrestleMania,
1: was wearing his GCW shirt. They, but he was on the canvas side, so they made him put on a Hurt Business shirt. He then left WrestleMania, went to his GCW booking, and wrestled in the Hurt Business shirt. It's <laughs> just like, oh yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I think that's gonna be his uh, his new gimmick going forward. It's just he's just gonna keep wearing that Hurt Business shirt on yeah. <laughs> like all GCW shows. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just like a story in full circle. I love it. Yeah. So overall, I thought it was a fun WrestleMania weekend there. Uh, obviously not our normal what We would expect from WrestleMania weekend From the independent scenes just with the pandemic You know normally we would have way more International guys coming through You know New Japan would normally be here I mean last year they were planning on doing a, a Lions break show And New Japan guys were supposed to come in For Supercard of Honor So yeah we had no ROH presence here this weekend So a little bit of a weird weekend Hopefully um, things will be better um, in Dallas next year with, with vaccines rolling out And hopefully we'll get a little bit more of a, a normal weekend here um, something else that happened throughout the weekend here in New Japan World was the kickoff of the New Japan Cup USA. Um, so this is to determine um, the winner will become the new uh, strong open weight championship. And what are your thoughts on, on this new uh, strong open weight title? I think
1: after the uh, reveal of the IWGP, the new belt then it got a bit of a mixed reception. I think immediately the reception to this was just straight up positive. Which is great to see. <laughs> both designs for their US stuff so far has been just top notch, and it's it's great to see they still care. And I'm always up for a New Japan tournament. Yeah, it <laughs> just yeah. you know one. you're getting quality.
2: Right. That's one thing that New Japan does great is the tournaments. And I know we we talked about our feeling on the title last week. And again, I just I would just say I still think that the strong title uh, is is a good idea for strong, just because. Clearly the the US title is just not going to be featured that often on the show and, and you need something for these guys to be fighting for. And you you can't do a tournament every single uh <laughs> week. Um so having that strong title gives these guys something to fight for and there's more meaning to just like random one on one matches like, all right, if this guy wins, maybe he can get into contentionship for the strong title. Um so we had the first round kicking off on Friday, uh, first round matchup. We had Leo Rush defeating Clark Connors. Uh, once again, Leo just kind of showing more of his grappling style here and kind of going uh, hole-to-hole for Clark Connors. And with Connors here, we've seen his kind of game plan has just been uh, the, the spare Boston Crab combo. Uh, but he, he failed to um, submit Leo Rush with the Boston Crab here. Leo hits uh, the come-up, that springboard um, cutter that he does and gets the win here to advance to the next round. Um, then we had um, what I thought was probably the match of the night here: Filthy Tom Lawler defeating Ren Narita uh, by referee's decision. This was this match could probably happen on Bloodsport. It was very hard-hitting, a lot of grappling, a lot of striking. Um, obviously, Lawler, a former MMA fighter, using a lot of his grappling stuff with the you know he used the banana split and so a lot of submissions uh, constantly going for the you know, the rear naked choke and. Uh, working over Narita's legs at certain points, and Narita very well, you know, with grappling as well, um, using his Narita special leg lace at one point. Um, nose gets busted open uh, towards the end of the match, so we got a, a nice little bloody brawl here with uh, Lawler and Narita, and just very hard hitting. You know, Narita had built up so much momentum coming into this match, um, defeating a lot of main guys on New Japan Strong, so I think a lot of people were expecting him to to take out Lawler here, but um, Got locked into that, that rear naked choke And the ref had to uh, stop the match here um, We had a question here for Rambo He says, Filthy Tom is a beast Do you think he'll be part of main roster shows In Japan when COVID is over is, likely he, is it likely he brings Team Filthy with him It'd be interesting for a whole new faction To show up on the shows all at once Who on the main roster would fit that squad So have you seen any of, of Filthy Tom
1: I have, yes. I have. I'm aware of his stuff in MLW, but I'm pretty certain I've seen him on the Bloodsport as well, to bring it full circle. Yeah, yeah he has been on Bloodsport, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, fully aware of him. And, oh, I've, I that like, I, I was thinking already, and then he said, who on the main roster? I was like, oh, it's an even bigger question. <laughs> <laughs> who on the main roster? <laughs> Hitting uh, good ones in a row. Yeah, th- th- do I think he'll be part of the main roster, first off? Um, he's one that I would like to see, but I don't really know if there's any plan for these American, these guys been featuring in New Japan Strong to properly go over I've got no idea what the plan is and uh, I don't even know if they definitely, I mean it's New Japan I'm still in <laughs> WWE brain <laughs> it's just broken me this week well yeah, it, it's, yeah, it has
2: yeah. been kind of up in the air with some of the American guys, so you've got a guy like uh, Mysterioso, I mean he's been on the New Japan US shows for several years now and has n- never got the call to go over to Japan so it might be one of those situations where they are just trying to establish their "quote unquote" U.S. base or U.S. roster, and some of those guys may never go over to New Japan uh, on the main roster. But I do think Filthy Tom is a guy that they could bring over. You know, it does have a little bit of a name value, has that kind of MMA background. Um, I think, especially with so many people being either signed up to WWE or AEW. I know AEW, a lot of those guys do have it where they can work both, but Still, New Japan might, might kind of want their own guys, so Philly like Tom might be a name Ooh. that they might want to kind of lock up. Yeah, i was trying to think in terms of main rosters. Like because oh, of the way he wrestles, he could be part of Suzuki Gun. But
1: if he's bringing his whole squad over and it's someone else joining his stable, oh, that I've got. Oh, that's. I feel like it'd have to be a young line because I don't think I can't picture anyone big. Because of course, Lawler would be your big main guy. Yeah, unless you turn somebody heel off of them, uh, you make Yano serious. <laughs> <laughs> Shooter Yano, <laughs> bring back GBH Yano. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, oh uh, yeah, I don't know because I, I like because uh, again, top, uh, Tom Lawler would be your main guy in that stable because he is so good. Right, um, yeah,
2: I can I can't think of because I feel like a lot of the people who would. Fit in, or probably would be into like Suzuki or Zack Saber, somebody that's very kind of grapple or, or strike heavy. Um, so, is there somebody outside? I've forgotten his name. Uh, the one who faced Suzuki
1: in a shoot fight at Wrestle Kingdom that one year. Oh, uh, oh. well, I'm I'm blanking on his name here. Yeah, yeah but just a name to legitimise them to the Japanese audience, I guess, to be their dictogo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the hole. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that, or just by having them attack a big faction or attack a big star would would make would be a pretty big deal. Um So yeah,
0: yeah.
2: but yeah. I would like to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, it's we, we always use new factions. You know, having United Empire um this year has been good, but also you know, Chaos and Bullet Club and Lij and Sugun have all been around for a while and kind of had the same roster for the most part. So. Adding a new a faction for fresh matchups and fresh uh, faction warfare would, would always be cool. Uh, so, next up on the card, we had uh, Hikaleo defeating Fred Rosser. Uh, they had a wild kind of brawl before the bell rang on the outside and then eventually getting back in. Hikaleo um, getting some revenge here last time they faced off. Fred Rosser cheated to uh, beat Hikaleo here, but Hikaleo was not playing around this time. Hits him with the uh, Samoan driver to get the win. Um, and then in the main event, we had a clash of uh, Violence Unlimited members from Ring of Honor As uh, Brody King defeated Chris Dickinson here in the main event Once again, Chris Dickinson having another kind of standout match here uh, throughout the weekend And this was another just hard-hitting Hoss uh, battle here between uh, Brody King and Dickinson And Brody King ends up getting the win here uh, we had a question from our user Asayo Jimbo. He says, is New Japan trying to course correct by retroactively addressing Dickinson being in two different factions at once, or is this a legit storyline? I don't see how Dickinson suddenly becoming a cross promotional faction horror fits his recent promos claiming career goals of success in New Japan. Um, so, what's going on here, Imp? So, Chris Dickinson has been a part of Filthy Tom's Team Lawler. This whole time, and then uh, Ring of Honor Had their uh, big anniversary show A couple of weeks ago, and he showed up uh, on, yes. on that show uh, With Brody King's new faction Violence Unlimited, and so obviously RH and New Japan are still Partnered together, and they are in the same Universe, so it was kind of weird that you would have Heel Dickinson on Team Lawler And then, well I guess, I don't, I'm not quite sure What Brody King's faction is going to be in Ring of Honor, but him just showing up against Brody King, a guy who's been against Team Lawler and so that was kind of a weird thing there, but they did address it on commentary on Strong. And last week, you know, Kevin Kelly was asking him, was like, you know, how's it? You know, you're on team, you're on team Filthy, but you've also formed this new alliance in Ring of Honor and kind of, you know, got the seeds planted for dissension there. Um, and you know, both these ROH and New Japan do tape a lot ahead of time, so I'm guessing this had mm-hmm. to be some kind of there had to be some kind of commu- communication between the companies, some kind of plan here it does seem like they are going to take Dickinson out of team filthy and kind of feud with Lawler. So maybe it it will all kind of make sense and he will join up with Brody King in New Japan uh, strong as well. It's one of those where I look at it and
1: my immediate reaction was, have you seen that stable in Ring of Honor? It's cool as hell. Who cares about logic?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's him. It's Dickinson, King, uh, Tony Deppin and Homicide. Yeah, that's a great crew. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we if that faction does come on over to to strong for some tapings and maybe we get a uh, violence unlimited versus a uh, filthy tom uh, view there. But yeah, that that was uh this week's... Yes, please. Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was this week's uh, New Japan Strong in the U.S.A. Cup. Um, so I definitely go out of your way to watch. I know M.P. You haven't really watched much of uh, New Japan Strong since it started, but. This is is one you can kind of hop in, a good starting point here. I definitely recommend checking this one out.
1: Yes. When he said not much, I told him before the show, I've not watched a single minute. (laughs) Yes. It's it's my New Japan blind spot. I just haven't had the time. (laughs) I mean, I've had the time, but not the vesseling
2: fatigue level. (laughs) Then watch a strong show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a question here from our user WizFactors factors in light of live crowds during WrestleMania weekend, would NJPW strong benefit from eventually transitioning into a live show of fans in attendance? If so, how long could it be before New Japan can feel comfortable letting the fans in?
1: I mean, there's quite a few states in America that don't give a crap, so it's do New Japan as a company give a crap, which uh, is probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, like over here, we've just opened, I say opened pubs. We still have to drink or eat outside. You're not allowed to go in. Mm. You really, you can use the toilets or whatever. Uh, but yeah, you eat and drink outside. You have to do like a check-in type of thing to say there are two people here at this pub or whatever. So it's track and traced. So it's not, it's not loose is the best way to put it. It's all still with quite a lid on it, but you are allowed to at least go to these places now. Um, but that's only you started this month. We were still, like, pretty much complete lockdown until this month. And, like, us looking at Florida, like, <laughs> the rest <wrestling>, of <laughs> it's like, wow. It's, I mean, because uh, from a distance, I've been watching America. And it's just like, yeah, there are some states that it's just like, I feel so sorry for the people in there. Because the people in just
2: never gave a crap, <laughs> which is... Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Florida is one of those states. Yeah, yeah, so. it's it's the wild wild west here, and yeah, that's why I didn't go to any. I didn't go to any indoor shows this weekend. I definitely went to the collective outdoor shows. Wore my mask. Uh, did not go to WrestleMania, which was only literally like ten minutes away from me. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I tried to stay as far as away as people <laughs> as possible throughout this weekend. Uh, there were but,
1: so many people at WrestleMania not wearing masks on the hard cam. Yeah. as well it's just like at least, at least when it comes to the commentators and it's floods of people not wearing masks and it's said like uh, at least though at least the ones on camera right <laughs> right <laughs> at least those ones
2: yeah actually yeah. at the at the GCW collective shows they actually had somebody walking around making sure mm-hmm. people had their masks on so if even if you took it down for a second or you didn't have it over your nose. There was somebody kind of walking around telling people to put their mask up. So.
1: <laughs> and the amount
2: of people who don't know how to wear a mask, it goes over <laughs> your nose. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> yeah. It, at, at this point in the pandemic, you would think people would, would understand how, how it works. <laughs> Well, I'm watching footballers just sitting in the stadium, who, who are well, like,
1: on the substitute bench, whatever it's called in America as well, and they just they've got it down below the nose, and they're just like chilling on their phone. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's been a year. How are you this dense <laughs> over the nose?
2: Advance uh, over. Anyway, wrestling. But <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely do think that. I mean, pretty much any show that's running Empty Arena right now is going to benefit from from having fans. So I definitely think strong, especially strong, because there are a lot of good matches on there, a lot of good wrestlers, but sometimes it just gets killed by the atmosphere, and I think it gets overlooked sometimes because of the atmosphere just being in that that empty uh, studio that they've been using. And so I definitely think the show would get a shot of energy with having fans in attendance. Uh, I don't think it has to be live. I think they can still do a, a tape, Thing you know, just do it. Maybe a the is like one hour. You do maybe a three hour, four hour taping. You, do, you get four weeks of TV. You get the crowd in there uh, for four weeks, and you kind of do that kind of schedule that we've seen. You know, NXT used to do something similar, and other companies. You know, Ring of Honor. You know, several companies have to kind of done that multi week taping with a, a crowd there for you know three to four hours. So I definitely think that would be great for for strong. And when New Japan will feel comfortable letting fans in, I don't know. I don't really know what the status is of, of things in California how st- if they're, what their restrictions are if they're pretty strict or not but it just depends of what, what they're using i mean they could always, I guess they could find something here in Florida if they wanted to or try to find something in California so i guess we'll see i, I do i do think eventually we will see strong half fans and you know there was that whole US map that, that they had at the beginning of kind of the US expansion and i'm sure that eventually we will see them travel around maybe do strong tapings in some of their kind of key areas they were trying to hit yeah, I think the thing
1: that might help is the the really good news coming out of the uh, Ring of Honor bubble, like that appears to have worked really well. So I feel like that might be a something that really does help in terms of like doing that for New Japan Strong. Yeah, yeah.
2: who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, because I mean we're we're starting to see fans now with, with the with NXT, and I know they have to get um temperature checked and and wear masks there at the the performance center. So. I mean, if they, if they want to kind of hot shot and get fans in there soon, I mean, there, there are states that can do it. There are protocols that they can get in place. Um, but it seems like they'll probably maybe, at least maybe for the next few months, probably stick with the tape kind of empty studio environment until things start to clear up more. Yeah, do the AEW tactic and do, when do we do some kind of shady stuff
1: to try and get there <laughs> we'll get yeah. their way. You just benefit from that as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't have to pay any money to a governor. <laughs> just turn up. opinions on
2: my own. Uh we had a question here from friend of the show, Karen. She says on NW Strong, there's a constant mention that Coglin and Connors have also graduated from Young Lion status. What can they do to set themselves apart from the newest Young Lion additions? Where would we like to see them work, ROH, CCW, Impact, etc., until they can regularly work Japan? I mean, Ring of
1: Honor, Ring of Honor is on a, I really like what I saw from Ring of Honor lately. Both of those guys could kill it there. But really, all of the above? Just want to see them.
2: Yeah, I definitely think, yeah, Ring of Honor is going to be a, a great spot for them, especially with the, the new kind of emphasis on the pure wrestling and they, they brought back the pure title. You have the foundation with uh, Gresham and um, Lethal and uh, Rhett Titus and um, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams all trying to bring back pure wrestling. And so I, I think Coughlin and Connors would, would fit perfectly in that division right there. Um, we, we've seen Coughlin on blood sports, so if they do more blood Bloodsport shows for GCW, he can definitely kind of pop up on there. Um, There's definitely some interesting guys in uh, GCW that both those guys could wrestle. Uh, If you want them to get more TV experience, Yeah, there's impact and um, and as she didn't mention, but you know, there's, there's AEW. We've seen the the opening up of that relationship with, with the whole Mox and Kent stuff. And there are guys like um, Danny Limelight who has been working strong tapings and AEW uh, dark and dark elevation. So um, it could be pretty cool. Yeah. You have Coglin and Connors, maybe go down to Jacksonville for a couple of weeks and you know work some dark tapings, work a Dynamite maybe, go against a star on Dynamite, get them some TV experience, get them a little bit more experience in front of, of, of a crowd there. could be good for them.
1: Yeah, and with NXT kind of hold up, that Lago Loop's open. <laughs> Penny Murchison's one of to run the Largo Loop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there. Yeah, I Because, because
2: of Rich and Jeremy, that is like literally the only Florida Loop I know. <laughs> 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 Yeah I would love to see those guys <laughs> on the Larger loop if there, was, if there was some kind of NXT relationship there um, So yeah, we'll see what happens there but yeah Any of these promotions here that that was mentioned I think Would would be kind of cool for them to to Work and get some work regularly um, I know Things are starting to slowly kind of pick back up In the UK I know uh, I think Rev Pro is getting ready for um, they've, Well they've been doing their tapings and getting Ready for more stuff and um, I know Provis has been running they, they did a show on the Network so um, there's some mm. stuff in the UK that would be kind of cool. Kind of get some experience on, on that side too, and um, so yeah, that would be cool.
1: Yeah, it's just that way. We, yeah, we're not getting fans in anytime soon. Uh, that 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 kind of calendar is a, is a bit more stretched out. And I feel, uh, I mean, I didn't like the progress show, but they made they did it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. They made a product. <laughs> like kudos to you. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're slowly coming back. That's how I put it. It's, it feels a bit more like early kind of when the TV show's trying to figure it out in America, and it's a, it's a bit over the place. I don't quite know what the, how to do it yet. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're, we're more at that point. Yeah. No, just coming back.
2: So Yeah, um, and then uh, this coming up Friday, we'll have the continuation of the USA uh, New Japan Cup on Strong. So we'll have Leo Rush versus Brody King in semifinal there, and then the other semifinal will be Filthy Tom Waller against Hikaleo. Uh, two interesting uh, matchups there as far as size, especially in that, that Leo Rush Brody King matchup there. Um, and then the show will open up with uh, some Young Lions action. We have uh, Fredericks, Kevin Knight, D- DKC, and Alex Coughlin taking on Mysterioso, Barrett Brown, Adrian Quest, and Jordan Clearwater. And so now we're going to move over to uh, main New Japan, talk about what's been going on on the Road to Wrestling Dontaku tour. Uh, One thing we got to talk about is uh, the announcement that came out for the stipulations for EVIL versus Toro Yano for the KOPW uh, Trophy. So Yano has proposed a creation of darkness blindfold match, with the rules being that the stipulation would see a hood placed on each of the four ring posts. Pinfall submissions and countouts would not be in effect until one competitor placed a hood on the other. <laughs> Gecko, let <laughs> <limping> his mind. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> then we have uh, Evil's Proposal, which is a darkness match, and under that step, the lights would be turned on and off for 30-second intervals in the first three minutes of the match. After that point, there would be a 30-second period with the lights out for every three minutes of match time. So, <laughs> <game> <laughs> <up> with this.
1: <laughs> what if? Oh, just what if? What if we keep turning the lights off? Just keep doing it. To turn the lights up. Do it again. Do it again. And then the crowd, the crowd are very fit to do it off. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing? Like they know when it's coming. <laughs> it's,
2: just, <laughs> oh, it's madness. I love it. It's madness. So, what are your thoughts here on the these uh, stipulations for KOPW match between Yano and Evil? So, well, because I remember people like they like the
1: idea of King of Pro Wrestling bringing stipulations to New Japan that we don't normally kind of see, and uh, we it, got, it wasn't too weird last year. It didn't go a bit out there. This year, it's like it's just free reign nonsense, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I think it. I like comedy in my wrestling, so for me, like kind of free reign no- nonsense, um, I enjoy that. Um, it's I I like the reins being off. But <laughs> <laughs> like what? What these stipulations? because like, remember last time there was very a very clear. Well, this one might be more entertaining. This one might be more serious. Like, it kind of got a very clear distinction between like the two offers you were getting for the KOPW stuff. Mm-hmm. These are both mad, <laughs> both of them. Uh, I I don't know. I don't because you know, no blindfold match has ever gone well. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So do I want to see that? If anyone could put it off, is it yeah you no? Know? I mean Jake, Jake Roberts couldn't do it. <laughs> didn't, didn't he? And yeah. Evil's Darkness one, it's just i reading the stipulation for that. It's it's almost like, I'm sorry, wait, you're platinum what do you do for that thirty second period when you can't see anything? In a wrestling match, thirty seconds is ages. <laughs> and right. the crowd can't see
2: anything. <laughs> right. And you keep doing it <laughs> every three minutes. The crowd can't see people at home won't see uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure <laughs> what 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 they're thinking here. Uh, uh, you know, I, I would prefer if they're gonna do some kind of stipulation, something a, a little bit more <laughs> of what we're kind of used to, like the, you know the the Texas Bull Rope match uh, mm-hmm. was cool with, uh, with Yano and Chase Owens then Yano putting his you know twist on it, making it a OITR uh, strap match. Um, but yeah, this is like you know I'm, I'm not I couldn't get too upset about this because it's KOPW yeah they've okay. clearly established at this point that with with Yano being k l p w it's all gonna be about goofiness and fun and games and like this is gonna be a, a low card feud um that that they're gonna do something just kind of to break up the cards here and i'm I'm not gonna break this down seriously i'm not gonna you know try to analyze it and determine you know how both men you know move forward from here it's just it's just kind of the same thing it's like oh all right it, it's there. Uh, I can, you know, probably run, do some errands, you know, do some laundry <laughs> while, while this match is going on. But yeah, I just, I'm not invested in the, the KLPW stuff at, at this point now.
1: It's like, uh, I guess, coming out of this role, the thing that broke me the most was the women's tag team title stuff. And immediately, like, afterwards I'm like, but but it's only the women's tag title, who cares? <laughs> like, right. They, they've told us they're so far up the card. Who cares if leaving is just as good as winning
2: a match <laughs>
1: i can't get no i need to turn off about that <laughs> yeah and, and, and and, and it doesn't this, really
2: matter yeah at this point if KLPW is going to keep evil out of the iwgp Ooh. heavyweight title picture i'm all for it <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> oh the uh, it's the fall from grace for evil <laughs> to be now at kfw kind of kind of levels yeah i don't I don't know if it's kind of like they drive the big push and it just didn't work to such a point that he's now kind of just floating about or um, or could he legitimately win? I don't know. I feel like Yano's keeping this for a while to properly establish the nonsense before he can pass it over to his
2: protege, whoever that ends up being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, he had the t-shirt for it. He, the trophy had this jacket. Like, this thing was just all set up for him and... Honestly, I, I could see him running, running this year again, and going, again, going through the whole year being KLPW. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, ditto. Yeah, it's, it's his title is his title, and <laughs> until we're, re- I say, until we're ready for him to pass over, it's King of Pro Wrestling. <laughs> we don't. It's, it's nonsense. Uh, uh, have- I, I do like that they're both complete and utter nonsense. It's like <laughs> I, want, I don't know. If, I don't know if to call it excitement or just intrigue. <laughs> it's one of the two.
2: Yeah. Uh, we had a question here from our user, uh, the Cruise Missile, and he says, "Does KLPW really deserve the hate it gets? It gets us some fun little undercard matches with some small level of stakes, and they feel like they don't take the take the place of anything that would be better. Is it really any worse than filling the spot with yet another faction tag match?"
1: Um, I I do really believe in variety in a wrestling card. I feel like that is like a really massive plus for me it's one of the big plus about aw how you get so many styles in there when you watch one of their pay-per-views mm-hmm. and and i'm a massive fan of comedy and wrestling yano is one of my g1 mvps every single year <laughs> 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 every single year <laughs> Um, James is out there going, get out of here. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, <laughs> James board is
2: shaking his fist at you right now.
1: <laughs> he, legitimately, every year, I make sure I get Yano onto one of my top five lists for the G1 for at least one column <laughs> like, every single year. <laughs> this is like, seriously, he is my MVP. And I just love the role that he plays in the G1 especially. So I do really value Yano. And this is like a Yano world, this King of Pro Wrestling stuff. But yeah, it's exactly what you said then. Like, it's unaccord matches with small levels of states When if we didn't have this, we'd have a faction tag match we didn't care about. Compared to this, where we're looking at it going, "I'm sorry, what?" Which is, I think that means I care a bit. <laughs> <This is laughs> yeah. Better than a tag match. I said, I'm not going to wind this because it's going to be utter nonsense. And I, I think that's better than a nothing tag match.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with the, with the faction tag matches, especially if they're they're building up to. Um, a big match up here and there's some interesting stuff going on I know a lot of times on these row twos we see a lot of this, Kind of the same Multi-man tag matches but if, if you mix it up And you do some different angles those, those tag matches can be compelling And really add to the story of whatever match They're trying to build up to um, As far as KPW, you know initially when it was Announced last summer And we saw guys like Okada And Sonata that were, were kind of Fighting for some of the top guys and it seemed like It was going to be like a new title I was more bothered by it, by it then, but now that we've we've seen it now, coming up close to a year, and it's become this kind of you know low card, goofy antics, you know, a way for Yano to to do you know YTR strap matches and all the different kind of random two two count match or whatever that one he did was. Uh, or you know, the body slam a match with Fale and all all those stipulations. It's a, a low card, entertaining thing. Uh, I'm not I'm not worried about it. It's it's not happening in the main event. We're not seeing main event guys in there. So to me, it's, it doesn't really bother me at, at this point. It's just like I'm just not gonna be that invested in it. I'm not gonna play you know full attention. I'm not gonna you know give in depth analysis on you know the, the lineage of KOPW and you know what it means for the company. What, what's it, what's this <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom spot gonna be like? At this point, it's just not even worth analyzing. It's just kind of it's just kind of there. It's a little fun thing. You, you can like it or you, you can just skip it. I mean, if you're if you're not doing a podcast, there's no reason why you you have to watch <laughs> the KOPW <laughs> match. It's easily you can skip and go to the next match. <laughs> But that column is there to analyze it like it's fiend lore. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: yeah, that,
2: I'm dude. sure there's probably somebody that, that's doing the, the lore of uh, KLPW, so. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, same with you. I think if,
1: I think the in terms of it, if it does bother, it may h- hinge on how they introduced it still, where it was those top guys in Okada and Sanada. And uh, it, was, it was a very weird introduction. And it was like, are oh, you right, like Kazuo? Introduction is explaining it,
2: and but as a yano title, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, like now this was like main eventing shows, and we had top guys in there. Like they had Chingo doing some kind of goofy blindfold match, or you know, or you know, Naito Okada, one of those guys doing one of these wacky stipulations instead of being in the main event in in a great matchup. Then I I would have problems with that. Uh, But we're, we're still we have our great main events lined up. There's a lot of great feuds happening. Um, in the company right now, uh, up and down the card. And KOPW is something that you can easily just kind of turn your brain off and then skip and not let it offend you. So uh, let's move on and talk about. We had uh, two Road 2 shows that happened this past week. Um, so, Saturday, April 10th, we had the uh, kickoff of the Road 2 Wrestling Dontaku. Uh, card opened up. We had Yota Suji uh, defeating Gabriel Kidd. So these guys kind of cont- continuing their uh, Young Lion rivalry here. Yeah, Gabriel Kidd, my uh, local homeboy from Nottingham.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been awesome to see him in New Japan just uh, getting better and better and better. And th- sometimes when you watch a young lion and it's the way they square up with, like, a main guy, and whenever Gabriel Kidd does, there's just some... Oh, he and Masuji, actually, they're both the same in that manner. Like, <laughs> the way they square up to them, there's just something about it. It's just like, yeah, you you can see why they're so much behind them. They've got so much promise. And, uh... Yeah, I, I really enjoyed, say yes, I really enjoyed, it it's a Youngline match. And it's one of those where, like for me, these shows are on in the morning. So I'm not always like 100% with it. <laughs> <watching these. laughs> I'm from the sleep from my eye. But uh, yeah, they're, they're the perfect matches to kind of wake into the show with. It's, uh, it was a strong uh, Young Youngline match and both lads looked tough in it. Which is kind of like, that, that's a good, if, they, if you both if you come out of those matches thinking, oh, those guys both look tough, but that one won, won by being the tougher one, then yeah, then they nailed their match.
2: Yeah, and, uh, you know, Suji's still campaigning for his uh, singles match with Naito, um, so, you know, big win here, maybe that, that'll help the case for uh, his campaign here to uh, get that, final, get that big singles match with Naito. Uh, then uh, next next up we had Suzuki and team of Elsperado Minor Suzuki and Yoshio uh defeating Rapungi 3K and Yu Morra. So obviously this match was is building up to the junior tag title match that's coming up with the rematch of Despi and Kanamaru against Show and Yo. And then also Yo is going to be facing off against Despie for the junior heavyweight title. Um, so a lot of focus on this match. They uh, Suzuki can focus in on Yo's knee once again. Um, so a lot of uh, you know, coming back from that knee injury, so the, obviously the bullseyes on the knee, a lot of damage there. And then uh, you, you talk about young lions squaring up. Emura, because continuously we've seen him squ- squaring up with Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> a, a death wish, and uh, yeah, Suzuki put him away here with uh, single leg crab. I do want to give a note to
1: and uh, Yo's new theme. <laughs> I've not been able to give my piece on it yet. Yeah, what, what, do, what do you, what do you <laughs> yeah. think about that? Uh, it's it's weird. It's not. It's not. It's one of those. Th- themes that for me just it doesn't fit the guys really and um on this show specifically uh, kevin kelly was trying to explain he was like oh it's the theme but really, it really does fit them and kind of it does explain their relationship where they're kind of so energetic and they don't really uh, they're not always entirely in sync but they always find a way and they work together and in the end it does work <laughs> and i'm listening to it like does it though <laughs> <laughs> does it? <laughs> Yeah, Piano Madness. I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's like, if, at first of all, it's just a piano version of show's theme. And it's got like got that, that scatter kind of sound to it on the piano. Um, yeah, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: it's, it's not the worst thing I've heard. It's just a bit weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean, I, I like the, the Rapungi 3K uh, theme that Rocky did for them. And I yeah. thought it had a lot of energy and fit them well kind of coming out to the ring. Um. Yeah, it's Definitely gonna take a while to get to get used to this. Uh. Yeah. Piano frenzy <laughs> theme they have here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then uh, we had another Ziggun team in action in the uh, middle of the show here with Doki Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Defeating the Bull Club team of Jado Tamatonga Tangaloa. Loa. Um. this also this feud here is uh, setting up the the tag title or rematch that's gonna be coming down the line between Tekkers and. G.O.D. also, we have the, the ladder match coming up for the uh, rights to the Iron Claw between um, Tama Tonga and Taichi. And then uh, Sabre and uh, Tengalo will also be having a singles match down the line, too. So. So, and also, you know, Jado and Doki have been feuding for a while now with the battle of <laughs> the Kendo stick and, and the bent pipe. Yeah, Doki Mania going to run wild when he <laughs> finally beats Jado.
1: <laughs> the crowd of ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shenanig- my shenanigan senses are tingling for like just all of it, really. <laughs> just the way it's building up. Yeah,
2: uh, and was- Yeah, the match at Wrestle Kingdom, I'll say, set the table. Yeah. Uh, and this match had a pretty cool finish here with um, all three guys getting their submissions on. So Adoki had the, the Doki Choki on. Taiji uh, had the, the Stretch Plum on. I forget which submission Sabre had on, but he had some kind of submission. And uh, they got the win here. Uh, be a submission here of all three guys having their submissions locked in um, Then we semi main event We had a 10-man tag elimination match here Bullet Club versus Chaos on the Bullet Club team We had eight Evil, Gato, Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and Yujiro Takahashi Of course the company with Dick Togo And they were against the Chaos team For Okigoto, Tomi Toriyano, Yoshihashi And then uh, Tanahashi was with the, with the Chaos team as well, here and I'll see a lot of feuds going on here. Like we mentioned we got the evil Yano feud going on, they're gonna be facing off for KLPW. Then we have the Kenta, Taiji, and Yujiro against Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi feud. Which, um, this coming up week, we have some singles matches with those guys and the never six man title match coming up. Um, and then uh, Tanahashi is feuding with Jay White for the never open weight title. And Jay, um, not in Japan right now. Jay was actually here um, for Mania weekend. He was doing WrestleCon. Um, so not in Japan. So uh, the, the blacksmith, uh, Gato, uh, filling in for his man, uh, Jay White here. In, these elimination matches, like, it's one of those where I keep forgetting the rules. And like it says Tana in
1: this one, Tanahashi went over the top for his elimination. And damn dick Togo. <laughs> <laughs> damn dick I was just—I didn't see him do anything, and then Tanohashi was like, "I've got to let go, Dick. You're gonna do something." <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh shit, yeah." <laughs> I went to him, and I was like, "Oh, Tana's been eliminated." But yeah, I, uh, on that, one I was like, "Oh yeah, it's over the top, isn't it?" Ah, oh, piss! I keep forgetting. It's <laughs> like, "What do you mean he's eliminated? He didn't do anything." <laughs> like,
2: yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I really hated. they they're starting to use some of the the, uh, the Royal Rumble tropes here, mm-hmm. where uh, Kenta was supposed to be eliminated by Yoshihashi, but uh, Dick Togo put the bow staff there for him to, to step on so technically his feet did not touch the floor because his feet was was elevated by the bow staff and I'm like <laughs> uh, oh, Ken just
1: he's over the lessons he learned <laughs> <laughs> all of the great stuff.
2: Right, yeah, he yeah, that's what he learned from the PC how to to not get his feet, you know, eliminated in the battle Royal. Uh but yeah, I thought I didn't, I wasn't a, a fan of that. Uh it's kind of just kind of goofy there but uh, overall, yeah, Bull Club gets the win here. I believe Kenta was a sole survivor, if I remember correctly. Everything yeah, was came out of Kenta and uh, Yoshihashi. Um, and then there was a beatdown after the match up here, and Kenta still has possession of the bow Staff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some reason, these matches, when Chaos are in there, for some reason, I found myself most invested when Yano's in there. It's because they're two shows, and Yano is always going to Yano. It's like, what's he going to do? Oh, what, what's he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know why. Maybe that shows my level of investment when I watch the road twos. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, like, what are
1: you going to do, Yano? <laughs>
2: Um Then for the uh, main event of the show, we had another elimination match, eight-man this time with LIJ, which was consisting of Bushi, Sonata, Shingo, and Naito. And they took on the United Empire of Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay. Uh, What do you think of of Hanare's uh, new look, new name, and being a part of the United Empire? I'm so far really liking it. Uh,
1: So far, I'm digging him in the the Empire as this fourth man. Um, Say what you will about the way that they made space for him, but he himself seems to have uh, fit really, really well, Uh, especially as he's—the other three guys are obviously above him right now, Uh, and he fits in really well as that fourth person. He's not, uh, he's not Chase Owens when he joined the body club, a.k.a. Well, someone right. has to take the pin. <laughs> so he's not that. He's not that level. Um, I, I feel yeah, like he fits in really strong, maybe because it's just four people. And when Osprey announced there was going to be somebody joining, I know his name was floated about, uh, but I, I wasn't expecting the uh, kind of new look to him in presentation. And yeah. I don't know why. I just wasn't.
2: but. <laughs> That man looks cool in chase. <laughs> I yeah, like it. Yeah, I'm loving the look. did a great job. He definitely needed a, a fresh coat of paint, and I think this run with the Empire is going to be great for him because he was just kind of stuck floundering, um, you know, top of the you know, opening of the card, and it's kind of always getting beat, and the you know, only people he was really beating were was Young Lions, and so um, it's good to see him getting a, a push here. And this match, also, we have a lot of feuds going on between L.I.J. and the United Empire. Um, Hanare is feuding with Sonata. We have the great Okan feuding with Naito And then obviously Shingo is going to be challenging Will Ospreay For the IWGP World Heavyweight title coming up at uh, Wrestling Dontaku So building up those feuds here uh, Coming down to Osprey and Shingo as the sole survivor Shingo um, getting the elimination on Osprey there So building up some momentum there of uh, Heading into the, the uh, world title match I am so hyped for that. <laughs> I, just, I just love Shingo
1: Ospreay. Every... Because I think that was... Um, I think I submitted a question a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was telling Jeremy, hadn't listened to the episode. <laughs> but I... Um, it's just because um, their best Super Junior fi- final, just it just... was such a special match when i watched it. And I thought their follow-up match was fantastic. And I can't... You know, them on the main event level... It, it feels great to see like a match which was like a junior best of super juniors final. Kind of both lads get elevated to the main event, and it's great to see that. And I think the world of Shingo uh, Ospreay of champion. I feel like he needs those first few strong defenses, and who's stronger than Shingo?
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially you know with the, this whole new IWG World Heavyweight Title, I think. You know, people are, are still down on you know the lineage being gone. They're down on the design of the title, and I think to really get over that hump, you really have to set the pace here and kind of let people know like this is still the top title in the promotion and the best matches are going to happen here. Um, so you know, having Osprey and be the first match, great call there. Uh, and now he's facing Shingo. And the next challenger is possibly is going to be Okada. There could be a defense in between there as well. And so you're having Osprey facing these top guys And winning, having great matches It's once again going to kind of build up that credibility For this new title in the main event scene And people are going to be like, yes, it's a new title The lineage is gone But we're still going to get these great main events And I think over time, the, the World Heavyweight title Will build up kind of that reputation That the IWGP Heavyweight title had yeah, like over time, people, if
1: the matches are fantastic, you'll start to associate that title with the fantastic matches. So over time, nobody will care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm assuming it'll just, it'll just yeah, it'll, it'll just be, yeah, with the back to amazing matches, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> Look at the names. It can't, it can't, can't not be. <laughs>
2: <You're> <laughs> the right. Um, then we had another Road to on Talkie to show today, uh, April 15th. It happened this, uh, earlier this morning here. Uh, show opened up. We had uh, Rapungi 3K uh, taking on Suzuki Goon. And hold on here. Actually, sorry, that was uh, April 13th. Looking at, I was jumping ahead looking at the other card. So we had uh, Moro Suzuki Goon, Desperado, Maru and Trembler Kanamaru defeating Rapungi 3K and Gabriel Kidd here 10 minutes. So continuing the rivalry between uh, Rapungi 3K and uh, Despi and Kanamaru. Had some face off between Suzuki and Gabriel Kidd. Uh, And, yeah, there seems to be a lot of focus on Yo here, on the the attack from Despi and Yeah, And this show completely
1: free on New Japan World, if you want to go watch it. And uh, it's a votive show, but it's
2: free. It's New Japan check it out. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, surely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> I know that every once in a while there are there are new people that kind of pop up in the Reddit, like, where do I get started? How do I get started? So if you are a new listener or if you're new to New Japan and New Japan World, yeah, this match is free on New Japan World. I, th- I think they probably will put it up on their YouTube, too, because it's free. So you can definitely check it out. Um, it's a good way to kind of jump in and see the rivalries that are going on here that they're building up for uh, Wrestling Dantaku. Uh, second match, we had the Bullet Club team of Jado, Tamatonga, Tangaloa uh, defeating the Suzuki team of Doki, Tai Chi, and Zack Sabre Jr. So, pretty much a rematch from the, the previous night, and uh, Bullet Club getting their, their win back here.
1: Yes, I it, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Jemmy's just done a perfect rundown.
2: I thought I could drop in here with some opinion. Like, I don't really have a opinion. It's just said, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really much to really like break down for, for these, especially like, following the show where there's a lot of rematches. It's pretty much guys. It's kind of like, you know getting some momentum back here. Um,
1: yeah, it, it's not WWE. It's it's not. You don't get that feeling of oh again, <laughs> really. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is.
2: Uh, it's not much to say. Cause it's still it's building to the same thing, really. right um, the next matchup, we had the Bullet Club team of Evil, Kenta, Taiji, and Yujiro defeat the Chaos team of Hiroki Goto, Tomoe Ishii, Yoshihashi, and uh, Tomioka Hanuma. Uh, Evil got the win here over Hanuma using uh, his uh, Scorpion Deathlock. So Once again, just continuing to, uh, to build up those uh, feuds that we've been talking about here. And Bullet Club seems to be very dominant in, in this feud here with mm-hmm. Chaos. Uh, but personally, I'm... I feel
1: like they did kind of drop off a bit. And then this past year or so, they've uh, kind of built them up a little. In fact, since Jay White's returned, they've put quite a bit of effort in giving them a lot more stock. And that's kind of the feeling of getting here as well. Like they're just continuing to give them a lot more of that oomph to make them feel like a top stable again. And I feel like Jay White's performances are just like the cherry on top, really, of the in- entire group. They found they found their groove once again, and the booking is kind of just going with that, just to cement it.
2: Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, semi-main event of the evening, we had Dick Togo and Gato uh, defeat Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toriano. Yes, you you heard that correctly. Dick Togo <laughs> and, and, and Gato, was a <laughs> team, <laughs> uh, defeating Toriano and Hiroshi Tanahashi. See the trick is they haven't really
1: got any hair, so they've got no distractions. They've got <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. So
2: uh, yes. Yeah, Yano. Yeah. He tries to use the blindfold to win. Lights go out. Come back up. Uh, Evils at ringside uh, with a hooded Gato on top of Yano for the pin. So I'll see. Once again, we're building up to this. Uh, you know, lights out. Whatever darkness match up here, and I believe. The last time I saw the Twitter poll, Evil's stipulation was winning the darkness match with with the lights going on and off throughout the match. So it seems that's, that's what we're going to be headed towards here.
1: <laughs> I'd make a show of it. Just go all in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make it as fancy as possible. Like big
2: announcements, uh, the um, uh, electrified barbed wire deathmatch style countdowns. <laughs> Just go all in. Yeah, sound of siren every time the lights are about to go off. <laughs> oh, <that'd be> <laughs> the three minute one. <laughs> it's just... Oh
1: dear. <laughs> I love it. And in my head, I'm like, "What Yano spot could you do in the darkness?" And I was trying to think of something glow in the dark <laughs> that he mm. could do, or something like a glow in
2: the dark cup or something. <laughs> it's some Yano face. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe he pulls out a flashlight or something. Who 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 knows what Yano is going to do in, in a situation like that.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, yes, you do a brawl into the crowd. You're doing your normal, like, evil Yano kind of ringside shenanigans stuff in the crowd. Evil dumps Yano out in the crowd when the lights go out. And you think, oh, no, how's Yano going to get back? (laughs) The lights are Hmm. out. How's he going to get back? And there's accounts happening as well. Right, yeah. (laughs) And he's like, 18, 19. (laughs) And it's all in darkness. (laughs)
2: And the light comes back on, like, the last second Yano's in the ring. Yeah, <laughs> just suddenly, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, we're, we're going to see a lot of shenanigans in, in that matchup there.
1: <laughs> it's one of those where I'm
2: talking about it, I'm like, no, we can't get this over. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> we did uh, The main event of this the of this evening, we had United Empire, Aaron Hanare, Gretel Khan, Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay, defeating the LJ team, Bushi, Sonata, Shingo, and Naito. So United Empire getting the win back here from the previous night, Jeff Cobb hitting the uh, tour of the islands on Bushi to get the win here. And I, I got to say, I love the way Cobb has been kind of doing these kind of different setups for tour of the islands. And this one here, he did kind of like a, a running version of it with the spin. And it's just like, he keeps finding kind of new innovative ways, especially with some of these lighter guys that he's in there with to, to make the tour of the islands look even more impressive.
1: Yeah. So I think that my favorite one I've ever seen was against Matt middle in progress, he did the because uh, he's also it's also uh, which movie he does before the tour of the islands that I love as well because he's varying that up as well before then doing the actual thing. But the I think my favorite was when he did the he does the pop up German which is fantastic mm. <laughs> that he does and to do that I think he did that into a destroyer into the tour of the islands. Oh my <laughs> it's like gosh! Off, it's off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a combo! It's so good. <laughs> oh man! <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a beast, and I do love all the like. It's it's not like it's not like you don't see it coming. He's like, oh, what's he gonna do? But it's just, yeah, I do love the variety that he's been mixing in with it.
2: Yeah. Uh, so now we're gonna take a look at some of the cards that we have coming up for this week. We have um, four more royalty shows coming up this week here uh, to look at. So coming up on April fifteenth, show will open up with uh, Rapungi three K and Hanma against Despi Suzuki and Kanamaru. Then we'll have Sugiun team of Doki, tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Versus Shadow, Tamatanga and Tengaloa. Then we'll have the Chaos team of Goto, Ishiyano and Yoshihashi teaming up with Tanahashi to take on the Bullet Club team of Evil, Gato Kenta, Taiji Shimori, Ujuro Takahashi. And the semi-main, will have Bushi and Naito against Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. And then on the main event, we will have Sonata and Shingo against uh, Aaron Hanare and Will Ospreay. So pretty much a, a lot of what we've kind of been seeing on this Road to tour so far, I think the most interesting stuff here is probably going to be those those two semi-main events with the L.I.J. United Empire tags. Very interesting to see how uh, Hanare and Osprey kind of work as a team there in that main event.
1: Yeah, the same just uh, honed in a bit more because it's two-on-two two instead of the so-many men. Uh, yeah, I'm with the twos that is... One of the things I like where earlier on, you start off with all of the characters there and they kind of just whittle down to the important ones in these main events. And uh, that's pretty much what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. just getting to focus in on the, those tactics. And of course, yeah, seeing Hanare for the first time like with the captain.
2: Uh, we've
1: seen Khan and Carl quite a bit,
2: but interesting to see how Hanare does. Yeah, I think we're going to learn what his role is here, if he's going to end up being the pin eater. Because, I mean, they're going against Sonata and Chingo. And I, I, Shingo's not taking a loss here going into this unless, unless <laughs> it gets pinned by Osprey, but I don't Ooh. I don't see Shingo getting you know pinned here. So I think either Sonata's gonna pin Hanare Or Harnare's gonna pin Tanata. So it's gonna be interesting to see you know what happens here if Hanare can get pick up a big win here uh, in the main event. What does Lassa say about a hook in AW? Oh, hooks a goon. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll learn where Hanare falls. Yes, we'll, we'll it's learn. It's a goon. It's Harnare. Oh, on goon status with, with Hook <laughs> uh, <laughs> Then on April 18th We'll have Rapungi 3K And Hanuma taking on uh, Despi, Suzuki, and Kanamaru Again, then we'll have uh, Doki, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr Against G.O.D. again And Jado. then we'll have Chaos vs. Bull Club again Of Goto, Ishii, Yano, Yoshihashi Team with Tanahashi against Evil Gato, Kenta Taichi, Ishimori And Yuro Takahashi and then, semi-main main event, once again, we'll have some LIJ versus Empire. This time, they switch it up. It's going to be Bushi and Shingo against Cobb and Osprey. And then the main event is going to be Sonata and Naito against Aaron Hanare and the Great Okon. Also, one little touch is that uh, a uh, Honma on the
1: card means we're not getting Honma on the commentary. Um, <laughs> that's <what> I just want to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like gravel down a rainpipe. <laughs> is, oh, is this uh, it makes me laugh but it doesn't mean it's nice to listen to. Yeah. <laughs>
2: definitely, yeah. Just just I, I just want to hear my Milano collection AT. I don't I don't need any yeah. <laughs> <Eddie> Anihanmas.
1: <laughs> that was a nice treat with the stardom show. <laughs> it's like, oh Milano. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I love Milano commentary. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of commentary as well, it's been quite nice having Kevin Kelly for these as well yeah just because uh, i'm just using because uh, i obviously i don't speak japanese and i've not even really tried to learn it uh, i can count to 10 does that count I know, <laughs> when, I know when they say numbers <laughs> when they say the weight i know how heavy they are <laughs> that's, that's all my use how tall are they i'm in but aside from that, <laughs> um but yeah, um, the Kevin Kelly trying to explain the stories and things, and trying to get some of it over. <laughs> like, you can't get them a punky three K theme over. It's not gonna happen. Kevin. <laughs> he, he,
2: he's he's trying. He's he's working he's hard. <laughs>
1: and yeah, need Chris Charlton's history of the Upungi
2: 3K theme and pianos. Just hit <laughs> your pianos. they are going to <laughs> come up with some story. Or well, actually, uh, Sho and Yo took piano class- <laughs> classes <laughs> when they were in grade school um, <laughs> and played a similar melody.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll find out if Chris listens to the show at all by. <laughs> <laughs> makes- yeah.
2: Uh, then following this we have a Rotiki show on April 19th Find a little bit of a shake up here So opening up we'll have Tanahashi Teaming with Hanma and Toriyano To take on the Bull Club team of Dick Togo, Evil, and Gato Then second match of the night we'll have L.I.J. team of Bushi, Sonata, Shingo, and Naito Taking on all of the United Empire And then the last uh, three matches will all Be singles matches and This is uh, building up for the Never six man that will be happening the following night So first we'll have Tomohiro Ishii against Yujiro Takahashi Then in the semi main event we'll have Hiroki Goto Versus Taiji Ishimori And then in the main event it'll be Kenta Versus Yoshihashi So Imp, what do you of here do you think we'll see One team pull a clean sweep When all three will we get a, a, a Mixed match of some What do you think is going to happen here
1: because like, Bullet Club have been booked so strong, I kind of want to. I kind of want to say that we're going to see that show up on this card here, but never doubt Yano. Is that, yeah, Yano's not even the card? Is he? No, I'm an idiot. Yeah, no, that's Yuji yeah. Takashi. Yeah, Yano's in the the opener, the opener tag there. Oh, he is. Yeah, so I'll go with clean sweep. Aside from Yano, because <laughs> he'll. I reckon in this we're going to see trade off of Evil's tactics via the darkness work, and then Yano's tactics via the blindfold work. Uh, well, they're so
2: they're they're the tag match here. In the singles, mm. it's uh, Ishi Ishi against uh, Ujiro, Goto versus Taiji, and then Kento versus Yoshihashi. Yes, yeah, just fifty fifty book that shit <laughs> all
1: the way through. <laughs> well, so whatever whoever's turn it is on rotation for this show, <laughs> that's the one who wins that opening one. Um, yeah. If I don't a- know for the singles matches. I w- they look like ones where you would go. Ah, that's like you go Ishii go to Kenta, maybe. But depends what statements have been. Again, it's what I like about the voting shows depends what statements have already been sent before this show.
2: Yeah, I, I think if there's going to be a clean sweep in the, in the singles matches, it- it'll probably be chaos just because they they have been on a losing end so much and um, like I think. Ishii, like I have a hard time seeing Yujiro beat Ishii, so I think Ishii will get that win there. And Yujiro did eliminate him over the top in the, the elimination match, so that could be Ishii kind of getting his win back there. Um, Taiji has pinned Goto twice now, and so and, and there's been kind of shenanigans involved in multi-man matches. So in a straight-up one-on-one, um, I have a hard time seeing Taiji beat Goto, so I think Goto will get the win here. Uh, but, yeah, Kenta and Yoshihashi is the one where I, I think it can kind of go either way. But with it being Yoshihashi, I kind of feel like Kenta will, will get the win here and stop the clean chaos sweep and kind of leave what's what's some heat to go into the following night. It's that line of thinking that's broken many a New Japan Cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, I mean, Yoshihashi could get the win as well, and you could have a chaos clean sweep. Um for the most part, I mean, these matches could end up going either way if they're, if these guys are going to be out there and they're, and they're shenanigans, but I definitely think you've you got to give something to the Chaos guys, so I, I think we'll see at least two or three get get wins here. Yeah, especially that opening match. Like,
1: there's no way Dick Togo, Evil, and Gato. <laughs> Come on, there's yeah. no way that doesn't end in
2: shenanigans. Yeah, that that's going to be shenanigans for... I, w- I would think that the, the uh, Hanma Yano... Tanahashi team would, would get the win there. Um, that takes us to uh, April twentieth, which will be the last row to until the next time we record, and that'll open up with for three K and Hanma against Despi Suzuki and Kanemaru. We'll have Doki Taichi and Saber once again against Shadow and GOD. Then we'll have Tanahashi and Yano against Evil and Gato. Then in the semi main we will have Lij, Bushi Sanadashingo and Naito against United Empire. And then in the main event, we will have the never-open-weight six-man tag team title match. Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi defend their titles against the Bullet Club team of Kenta, Shimori and Yujiro Takahashi. In are we, we going to get new champs, or will this uh, this uh, yeah. Chaos team retain and keep keep on rolling on?
1: <laughs> this is the Gado booking getting in my head. <laughs> like they've done they've made Bullet Club like, relatively strong so far going into this tour. I expect that to continue throughout the rest of the road. However, because it's Gado, he's either doing that because he really wants to give some oomph to Bullet Club so they'll win here, or because it's Gado, he's doing that because they're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to stay on the guys, and I don't know which way he's going to swerve. Because also, it's, it's never six man. Like there's not a lot of weight and stock put on it, so it could it could easily change hands as much as it could be retained. So at the end of the day,
2: it's like the lowest ranked title in the company. Right but uh, I mean, but go, go to yeah. Ishi and Actually, have been doing great work excuse me, they've been doing yeah. great work with those titles, and uh, they've been having some great title defenses and really kind of elevated just the the level of, of this title here and you know normally these titles are kind of hot potatoes throughout the year, but they've had uh, several defenses now that have been holding on to it for for quite some time now um. Because they won that, that was like summer struggle, right? That they, of mm. that tournament that they won that. So they've had the titles, it's been a quite a minute now that they've had the titles. So we we could yeah, see the defense.
1: I'm thinking if it's, if it's like a setting the scene for J.Y. and Hiroshi Tanahashi, then you could use this to, for us to already see Bullet Club guys dethrone Chaos guys.
2: I mean, Tanahashi's tagging with them, so he's close enough. It's
1: close enough. All right, yeah,
2: Chaos and Hontai are all kind of mixed up right now. Mm. And something to think about is Wrestling Dantaku is the the Bullet Club anniversary. Um, So if you want those guys to kind of go in strong and have something to celebrate coming into the Wrestling Dantaku shows, you could have this uh, team here uh, win the, the Never Six Man titles. And Gado's not Vince. It's like, oh, Biggie's from Tampa.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> another... Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like yeah, that puts a lot of kind of weight behind kind of pushing the Bullet Club and getting
2: Jay White that title, right?
1: Just because of that anniversary.
2: Yeah, and then you could have yeah, Bull Club having all the never titles. Um, I don't know. I I think I want to go with the Chaos team retaining here. I feel like they have just been. On the bottom end of this feud And even if they do pick up wins the previous night I still think there's just been a lot Of heat on them um, You've had Kento with the, with the bow staff And you know all the promos And backstage promos he's been doing with the bow staff And just stealing that bow staff And you know Goto being embarrassed by being pinned by Ishimori twice now And um, Ishii you know Getting eliminated by Yujiro And there's, there's constant beat downs of these guys post matches There's been so much heat that's been built up I really feel that um the Chaos team some comeuppance here, and I think a great tile defense here would do that for them. Yeah, I think I've, sw- I've convinced myself the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, yeah it, honestly, if the World Cup team wins, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, that's that's the nature of the Nere6 man, and like women's gender. a ton of reasons why you could want to put the belts on them. Um, and Kenta, Yudro, and Taiji, that would be an interesting little unit there going forward, but I know, I I really love the the Goto Ishii Yoshihashi team I don't think they should take it off of them just yet And yeah, I think they should uh, retain the titles here And that that wraps up what's coming up on the road to wrestling Dantaku Uh, Now we just have a a quick few news items here to touch on Then we'll get into uh, some of the other questions And then a recommended match of the week Um, So first thing here, so uh, due to the uh, growth in COVID numbers uh, the government in Japan has put new restrictions back on all sports events and have limited them to a 5,000 capacity. So that's really going to hurt New Japan as they get ready for uh, Wrestling Grand Slam in Yokohama Stadium and in the Tokyo Dome. They're planning on having more people for both of those shows, especially the stadium show. Uh, they're hoping to uh, get some more people in there. So now they're restricted to 5,000. Um, it's going to be similar to uh, – Summer Struggle and Jingu, they're out in that, that big uh, baseball field stadium there mm-hmm. with uh, limited capacity, I believe it was 5,000 then as well. So that, that's going to be a, a big hit to, to these shows here.
1: Yeah, and like it says in Oklahoma, I've been playing Yakuza 7 or Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's set in the Oklahoma. Oklahoma's become my home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, the 5,000 is definitely going to hurt it because yeah, I feel like watching these vote twos, I think one thing I like as a foreigner is the sense of an atmosphere and the people being there clapping. They're not allowed to really cheer or make much noise, but
2: Hmm.
1: it's so much better than nothing. Again, like one fan feel is a much bigger difference than a zero to one is a much bigger difference than like 50 to 100. Right. That one person making noise makes so much difference. And yeah, them bringing the capacity down is definitely going to hurt it. But this time, they're not going to have those bloody clap machines. <laughs> <gonna> do that. <laughs> uh, they've learned. I feel like they've learned a bit. And yes, it it counts, especially for Yokohama. Is there a, is there a kind of like a
2: longevity for this? Like, have they given how long it's going to have to stay at this level? Uh, so I have not seen how long that this this limitation is going to be on for. But people are assuming that it's going to be on leading into these um, two wrestling grand slam. Oh, uh, right, yeah. yeah so, they, yeah, they've got this massive stadium and it's going to have to be like
1: Jingu was last year where you can just scatter them across the field a bit and yeah. that's your lot. So,
2: yeah. yeah. I guess it really depends on what what the numbers look like, I guess, going into the beginning of the month. If the numbers get any better, maybe they can lift the restriction a little bit. Or if numbers get worse, who knows, they might, they might even try to, to lower the capacity. So, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I know that
1: here, it's uh, you put something in place, it's every three weeks you assess it. So... And Japan are pretty on it, I will, I will say that. Yeah. Uh, they. They. I know they got in a bit of... I think Prime Minister got in a bit trouble last year because he kind of eased it a bit and then stuff went to crap and he got a lot of the blame for that because he's one of the guys in public and kind of uh, said we're going to lax a bit. But since then, they've been pretty tight on it. So I'm with you. Like, If anything, if you... Don't see numbers go down like uh, yeah. Don't expect
2: yeah. You know, don't expect them to WrestleMania. But you go oh, we'll give you an exception. You're such good boys, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, especially with I mean yeah, both both. It's gonna hurt both shows because I mean with, with Yokohama Stadium in that outdoor arena, like with, with the sound travel. I mean, I guess like we mentioned, they're not gonna be cheering, but it's a collapse. It's gonna be it's just gonna be it's just not gonna seem as much um, if them them in that big arena and. The sound's not going to travel really well there. And then yeah. in, the, in the Tokyo Dome, with only 5,000 people, uh, depending on how it's set up and how close they are, that, that's going to hurt too in, in that arena. I mean, yeah. And like the, because the other thing I was thinking was it's
1: it all escapes into the sky. And it's a bit like, uh, this might sh- show the level of school I, I went to. But it's that uh, experiment where somebody in the distance and you clap two bricks together. <laughs> Make a loud clang in the distance. Yeah, that's right. So we were so up a class. We use bricks. Well, <laughs> yeah. So as in it, it's just like a one. Like that's it. It's, and it just goes up, and eventually you'd hear it when you get to there. Um, it's just, a, it's just a bit awkward, and there's a reason why it jingles. like oh, we need cheering of some kind, right? Because the claps just escape into the sky, right? So uh, yeah, I, I don't quite know what the atmosphere will be like. Uh, unless they have microphones flipping everywhere, <laughs> <You> get every <laughs> one of those clubs. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like aside from that, I really don't know. Or, or maybe they, they try to, um, you know, get people seated closer to the ring. Maybe they, they do like all kind of floor seatings and mm-hmm. try and get people. I don't know if you've seen anything like the um, warrior wrestling kind of setups that they they did for their stadium shows um, last summer. They kind of had a lot of people on on the field, and distance and closer to the ring. Um, so maybe they can try and do something similar to that.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it sucks for them, obviously, because they have such big plans to you know, go to this stage, put on this big show, uh, and they stuck with another
2: Jingu. Yeah. Um, and other news Yuji uh, Nagata in Tokyo Sports has accepted John Moxley's challenge for the IWGP United States uh, Heavyweight Championship. Uh, where that match will happen, we don't know yet. I mean, Nagata has not been on the Dontaku Tour. So my assumption is that this match will probably happen on Strong. Uh, he's probably here quarantining, and then the next set of tapings will probably tape a big match and then uh, air it on New Japan Strong. Or, I mean, who knows? Maybe they somehow worked out a deal to, to get it on Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to give it the Dynamite lights. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just, yeah,
1: in my, in my dreams. <laughs> That's
2: I mean, where this one takes place. The world needs using Nagata on TNT once again. I mean,
1: I, I just want to. I feel like the American audience would just go mental for him having his face on the underneath his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, we, we, oh, we, and we get his proper theme as well. Not your bloody uh,
2: copyright-protected one, <laughs> <laughs> the one that starts off all piracy. Yeah, <laughs> goes into it. Yeah, uh, we got Tony Shizamani back on TNT. We got. The giant back on TNT. We got <laughs> we got Sting back on TNT. Now we, we just gotta get Yuji Nagata back on TNT. Oh yes, with his
1: like um, I forgot what the show's called. With his Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <console>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: some somebody find Sonny Ono <laughs> to to bring him down to the ring. <laughs> let's get, you know let's get all the, the nostalgia going here for this this big match with Moxley. As niche nostalgia as possible. <laughs> for those who remember Eugene Nagata in WCW. Uh, what, what did you think about uh, Mox calling out Nagata here and his, and his kind of uh, plan for going, you know, big game hunting? <laughs> well, my immediate my immediate reaction was just like yes, flipping yes, <laughs> just to see this because uh,
1: I genuinely forgot that Suzuki and Mox had a match, and mm-hmm. when Sam reminded me, it was just like, oh, wait, are you sure? And he he would got like a screenshot of it, he presented it to me. He's like, oh. Piss it did. <laughs> it might have sent me the news panelling or something. Uh, just because it was right before everything went to hell. And mm. I remembered the challenge so vividly and I didn't I still don't to this day for some reason remember anything about the match. It's Suzuki Moxley. But um him pretty much going down that road of I'm gonna challenge all of the badasses and that's who we're gonna be defending this belt against. Uh I'm all in on that. Just like and just like one by one, you can fire him over, have Moxley have a little bit of a thing with them, send them back, have your big badass match. Uh,
2: I'm I'm all in on that, yeah. So um yeah, I, I'm all in on Moxley. You know, facing off guys like Nagata and kind of having these these strong style matches for the U.S. title. It, it might be a kind of an interesting transition that we're seeing here because with the Never title, we're seeing Tanahashi and Jay White, who are also Tanahashi can wrestle that strong style. We saw him do that with Chingo. But Tanahashi against Jay White's probably gonna just be a, a Tanahashi Jay White match, and there's been so much of the buildup has been on the the Tanahashi tap out versus the uh, Jay tap out, and I feel like that's gonna be a heavy submission based matchup. So with with Moxley now, you know he, he faced Suzuki, he faced Kenta, now he's getting ready to face Yuji Nagata. We could be seeing the IWGP US title kind of transition into the, uh, you know, the quote-unquote strong style title or, you know, that that hard-hitting style uh, of title. So I'm all in for, yeah, Mox facing off guys like Nagata and who knows who he's going to face off with against next. But, yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see where this match ends up, if it's going to end up on strong or... Potentially, maybe even dynamite. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Yes, I heard every word you were saying, and obviously, <laughs> just, yeah, so Jeremy would have just seen me just run away. He's like, "Where's he gone?" Well, I, well, I'm, I'm used to to young boy jumping off and going into the bathroom in, in the middle of points. So I, oh. I, I, I know how to <laughs> no, no. how to keep it going. Oh, a little bit of behind <laughs> the scenes little stuff
1: there. <laughs> He yeah, just, just leaves during my power gas of <laughs> amazingness.
2: In <laughs> uh, other news, uh, Will Ospreay was recently on the cover of Weekly Pro Wrestling Magazine. Um, and it's been reported that it's one of the highest selling magazines uh, they've ever done. So we're, we're starting to see some of the Osprey effect here as champion. With um, Taku Night 2 selling out 24 Hours. Uh, this weekly pro wrestling magazine um, doing great numbers, so it, it seems like you know Osprey as IWGP World Heavyweight Champion has been a good call so far business-wise.
1: Yeah, because that's one of the things that I feel like we can't really assess that well, but it's the sex of the, the thing in Japan. And if he's selling out that quickly in Japan, then yeah, locally it's a really good business move. It's not yeah. not really much more critique I can give.
2: Right. And I know a lot of people might be thinking, Oh, well, you know, it's a, a limited capacity crowd that they sold out. But if you think mm-hmm. about it though, we've had limited capacity shows for a year now, almost a year now, and none of them have been selling out quickly. Like eventually, mm-hmm. yeah, they they eventually they, they might get to us out after a while or, you know, you might have some walk ups, but they don't you don't get that twenty four hour immediately sell out. And that's what we got with the Osprey match, and so there's definitely an interest um, domestically, at least, at, with Osprey as champion, um, and I think that's that's going to be, you know, for all the Osprey haters, a bad sign. Osprey is doing good business right now, in a time where things are hard. You, you want good business, that could lead to Osprey having a longer title run than expected.
1: Yeah, it's it's outside of Japan that obviously he's lost quite a bit. Uh, I. Don't know, like, for example, after all this, I don't know if he's the answer to them pushing to the West with just because of the amount of kind of clashback. But, like, locally in Japan, if it's working, I guess, why not? Why not go for it? Times are tough. It seems to be working. Go with
2: it. Shingo Waspate is a hot feud. Why would you not run it? Exactly. Like um, and then, speaking of one of the guys will be uh, main eventing for the world title, Kazuchika Okada, this past week, he was uh, seen running with the Olympic flame through Aichi. Um, so clearly, the Okada still the ace, and kind of getting a big little moment there, part of the the Olympics ceremony there. And yeah, uh, as soon as I saw that, I
1: was like, "Oh, Okada's awesome!" And it's just the fact that he he's carrying the torch with his uh, like grommet from the Wallace grommet kind of grin. <laughs> it just <laughs> makes me it just, uh, it's just yeah yeah again for uh, New Japan to have like one of their wrestlers carrying the Olympic torch. Uh, that 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 for me kind of just shows where they are in society to actually get that spot. Yeah.
2: Um uh, and the last thing I have here, a uh, free match of the week, the Never Open Weight Six Man uh Championship f- Tournament Finals, uh from Summer Struggle with uh, Yano, Show and Okada versus Ishii, Goto and Yoshihashi. That's the, the matchup where Goto, Ishii and Yoshihashi won the six man titles during that summer, tr- summer Struggle summer struggles tour. So obviously they're trying to get you guys uh Get everybody hyped up for the six-man match coming up on the 20th. All right, and now we've got some uh, questions here from listeners to uh, go through here. So uh, first, a uh, question from uh, Red user Grunty Dodds. He says, now that Ibushi's first reign is over, the consensus on cage match is that his worst defense was against Sonata and his best was against Jay White. Do you agree? He well, we didn't have that many. <laughs> really, so right. it's not so, that long yeah. a list to really choose from. So he defended, um, he defended his first defense was against Jay. Then he defended against Sonata. Then he defended the the IC. Well, he defended against um, Desperado. Yeah. Then he defended the IC against Naito, and then defended the new title against Osprey. I mean, um, the
1: desperate one that's, is the one that caught me the most by surprise. I mean, when I say surprise, I meant I was expecting this to be like a big moment for Despy. But then uh, when the match happened, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was, even though I'd seen Despy kind of rise up. So that one caught me by surprise. I, I think I'd have to agree just because I rate all the others higher. It has to be Sanada because obviously Naito and Ibushi are flipping mental together. Stop booking the <laughs> there, <yeah. laughs> uh, The Osprey match was also special. And, again, I was just talking about the Despy match. And, the, yeah, the one against Jay White, for me, is still match of the year of of everything I've seen. Uh, yeah, so it's one of those where – I'm not calling the match bad, but it's just because it was quite – when you look at the matches before, they were actually it did have a good run, like, in terms of the quality of the matches. Uh, but, yeah, it's sort of by default. Because I won't give it the worst. It's the least best.
2: Yeah, I, was, I think I, I went four stars flat, I think, on the the ibushi Sonata match. And – you know, it, it was a good matchup for what it was, but, you know, some of the other defenses just kind of went to that next level, that kind of big match main event style that you're you used to getting in those main events. And, yeah, the, the Jay White match at the Dome was awesome. Um, and I don't know if um, if you if you want to count in a defense of the world title, but uh, even though he lost, obviously, the, the Osprey match was uh, awesome, too. So I think that's kind of... I would kind of be between the J and Osprey for his best defense, but definitely agree that the Sonata match was the weakest of of his defenses.
1: Yeah, with the Osprey one, I had, well, I forgot that I got a new card and I forgot to update New Japan World with my new card. And the weekend where it was going to be Sacro Genesis, uh, that's when New Japan went, "Oh, you haven't given us your money, so." <laughs> <laughs> and it was like at the end of March when he sent me that and I'm like oh no I was going to have to wait <laughs> so I had to wait to watch Uh so I saw all of the hype about it before going in which I 100% know affects my enjoyment of a thing because I've got a bar in front of me I like going in completely blind not ex- not expecting any kind of level of anything if it sucks I want to find out by myself I don't want to go in going when I know it sucks or anything like that I mean I was saying on the raw review I would have liked for Raw to know that. <laughs> I <was> like a <laughs> warning. <laughs> <laughs> but, like yeah, with uh, Ospreay Bushi, I did have like a bit of spoilers going in, which was a bit of the shame. So I didn't enjoy it as much as I would have if I'd been able to watch it when it happened. Yeah. So like, I went in knowing the result, which for a New Japan match is like the worst sin, because <laughs> you <laughs> that tension at the end just it's just not there when you're watching the back and forth because you know he's going to win in the end. It was still a really solid match. Uh, so maybe I need to watch it if a few months down the line.
2: yeah i I always try to avoid spoilers um, as much as I can not hear people's even opinions on if they thought it was just good because even then if it gets super hyped up then I'm expecting you know something really great and then even if it might be good if it hit that like really great level then I'm like, kind of let yeah. down or if you know mm-hmm. you, you hear something sucks and then it's actually being pretty good it's like oh, I can f- kind of find out for myself. Like, for me, it's like even something as
1: minor as uh, just, like, watching the entrance. is like, I don't want anything spoiled for me. I want to watch the entrance and go, holy shit, O'Connor's out there with a dinosaur. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: uh, next question here from uh, Rainbow, Slam Rainbow Slam Pig. He says, I haven't heard anything about Dragon Lee since he got pulled from Best of Super Junior last year. I know travel is, is limited now, but is there any news about whether he's coming back? Um, so I haven't heard anything about Dragon Lee coming back to New Japan yet um, I know he recently had like an ear surgery that had him miss the ROH anniversary show And the latest set of ROH tapings um, So, But I think he's going to be good to go for the next set of tapings that they do And it's kind of up in the air when Best Super Junior is going to be Because we have um, Wrestle Grand Slam happening ...during the normal Super Junior time period... Um, ...and then D- Dominion's right after Wrestle Grand Slam... ...so it seems like Best Super Juniors might end up back in that... Um, ...that fall kind of time period with World Tag League... Um, ...so by then you know, I would think maybe... ...you could, you would be able to get Dragon Lee into the country for that. Yeah, I didn't know that about his ear... ...so I was wondering why he wasn't on the
1: ring of honor tapings... ...but if, if that's the answer... Makes a lot of sense. I mean, the name I'm going to throw out there that I really, really want to see is Andrade. Mm. <laughs> Just by that point, like uh, I think not I, like, I can't remember Because he, I know he's a former Intercontinental Champion, but if I remember rightly, was I feel like he was more he was brought in for the uh, CMLL stuff, and he'd he'd be stick he'd stick around and did a few things, but he was never like established as a, like a proper like guy who'd be featured relatively often.
2: I, I'd like to see him. Uh, in this in that status? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'd be all in on Andrade coming in. I don't I don't know if he would uh be a junior though. I think he'd probably be in, in the heavyweight division, but yeah, I'd be all in on him coming in. Uh we have a question here from Kevin Crawford. He says any predictions on the main event for Dominion? Does Osprey carry the IWGB championship headed into that event?
1: <sighs> when well oh, when would he be wrestling Okada?
2: So that would be Russell Grand Slam in the Tokyo Dome. That's the one. (laughs) In terms of does he or not. Because I could see
1: them very easily continuing to tell the story of Osprey's good, but he doesn't beat Okada. Oh, no, did he win at Wrestle Kingdom? No, he lost to Okada. Yeah, yeah. So the story makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I might go with. Is he, yeah, he's really, really good. But Okada beats him. Maybe so.
2: If he retains, though, who who does he go up against? Dominion. Oh, Naito. I don't really know. Well, I can't think. I can't think who's big enough. Right. Well, because the thing is, there is they haven't announced a title defense for uh, the Oklahoma Stadium show, which is in Ooh. between um, the Shingo match and the Okada match. So I would think that they would want to do a, a title match at the stadium. And last week I said that I think that. Osprey's going to beat Shingo and then afterwards Naito would come out and then challenge him and then you do Naito Osprey at the stadium winner of that faces Okada at the dome and go on from there. Mm. So then you would have Okada you would have Osprey beating Shingo beating Naito to get to Okada. Um which could, it, could it be if he loses that could be his excuse it's like I had to go through you know these two very tough opponents <laughs> to get to you where you weren't doing anything. Um, and that that could lead to Okada winning. Um but yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I feel like, I, I, I think it might, I mean, I know Kyle's been off the belt for a while, and I know he is eventually going to get this new world title and get a run of it, but I just don't know if now is the right time for it. Yeah,
1: because I know New Japan have got that pattern of, like, the first reign of a new champion, especially a heel champion. They don't have it normally for that long. Right. And it's as in like the very first one like for example okada's first reign wasn't super long it was the next one uh, where he got a good run with it Uh, it's it's like they give him a little test run and evil was why (laughs) you get a little test run before giving him the big and mighty one so that's why i really don't know with osprey he could lose it i think that's what's going to lend to this reign being really unpredictable because he really could lose it to anyone at any time just because he's a newly elevated guy, it's his first reign. We have no idea what level of guy's going to defeat him, or what they were going into. And because I was thinking, do, like, do we even before he loses it, do we get Osprey, uh, Zack Saber Jr. in the main event as well? Mm. As uh, the two British Red guys, like that, uh, that could be the in between one. But that's for me. If that is an in between one, that isn't really a match that sets anything up to go to the stadium, but. Naito 100 percent would because he's like I'm Naito I main event the stadium <laughs> <So right. laughs> for him to be that next challenger <laughs> I think that one makes the most sense
2: yeah then for Dominion I'm trying to think of who would be next whether Okada or Osprey win first name is I think Abushi at that point mm-hmm. he could he could have been out of the title picture for a couple of months now and I mean you could have Osprey beat Okada and then kind of do the big rematch with Dominion Osprey Abushi and Abushi could get the belt back um, there. I
1: mean, yeah, even Ibushi Okada, because they didn't face each... I'm trying to get my dates right. They didn't face each other, this Vessel
2: Kingdom. Right, yeah. Of- Did they face in the G1? They're in the same block? I mm, can't remember. Yeah, I'm-, I'm blanking right now. I think they, they might have been.
1: Yeah, because yeah, the other block was Naito, San Adam and Evil. They must have been the same block. i was trying to think the- if their Vessel Kingdom match was like the last time they had like a proper confrontation outside of a tournament. Yeah. And... That's our, see, that would by the Dominion, that's a year and a half ago. So it could be that. It all depends on what on earth the planet is with Osprey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how long do they want him to run with it?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just throw out early prediction. I'm going to go with, uh, with Osprey, Abushi match for Dominion. Especially with such a short build between the Dome and Dominion, you need a match that doesn't really need that much build. And you can just have Ibushi come out and be like, you know. You got my title, This is my I was, that, that world title was my idea, you have it, you beat me, I want my rematch, I want another shot to beat you, kind of thing, and so I think it's very easy to set up a Bushi Osprey.
1: Actually, as well, and the amount of times, when I was talking about the heel having that short reign, the amount of times it's been the same opponent they beat that's defeated them, like Tanahashi Okada, Evil Naito. Uh, I know they're the only two examples bringing up, but it is 10 to 2 in the morning. <laughs> I can't <Yeah>. <laughs> one. Uh, but, yeah, it's yeah that's that's a pattern New Japan quite like, just to kind of... I feel like, it weirdly, it does help get the champion that you want to the G1 with the belt without it feeling like they've had it for too long or you're repeating anything. Yeah. Because in the middle, you had, like, that different champion. And unless you're Okada on a mega run, uh, yeah, it kind of just splits it up a bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Next question here from King Darkwing Five Ten: What faction needs to be disbanded the most? I know a lot of people say Bullet Club, but I'm gonna say Chaos. Ooh, Team
1: (laughs) Toguchi—that's the big one. (laughs) Is that that even still a faction? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) As Toguchi seems to be just tagging with random people, uh. and uh, he's in there to s- sell his butt in pain. I, I guess nowadays, <laughs> that's pretty much what he does. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um, he's an interesting follow on Twitter. <laughs> I'll put <laughs> that out there. oh, uh, well, the faction that needs to disband the most. That's an interesting one. I think um, I put the idea into Sam's head of, it's like not disbanding, but leaders taking over. Hmm. So it's a little shift. Like, Naito put out feelers of... to so just say that he would love one of LIJ to take over his faction. Like, he'd be willing, like, come on, take the ball, take my faction over. I'm begging you type of stuff. Uh, the other one would be someone taking over Suzuki Gun just like Suzuki took over and made it Suzuki Gun. Yeah. it's another one. Um, I don't know if I'd like to be ZSJ or Taichi, but one of those two, I feel like they're in a the perfect place to be one of them. Um, I don't know if I... Would totally disband any of them if I'm gonna rank them. Up, if I'm ranking them, it probably has to be chaos.
2: Yeah, I think chaos has just kind of lost some focus here. Yeah. Um, there's just been you know the whole of them like, kind of blending with Hontai, and they essentially are, are kind of just like a, at one point at, at this point they're pretty much just one faction at this point. They they often team so much in the multi mans and they help each other out, and um, so I feel like there could be some. Uh, a new direction for chaos. Maybe you have somebody try to overthrow Okada and take it in a different direction. Um, and there was a question that I missed earlier from Reddit that came in um, from Reddit user Kaiju917. Um, it says Show expressed aggregation that Yo was getting a title shot on the post match commentary of the first night of the Road to Wrestling Dantaku Um, not one of the people who wanted to see your Punky 3K break up, but is it starting to seem somewhat likely? If that happens and Sho turns on Yo, where does he go? Bullet Club? I don't see a connection there. So Empire? Is it too soon for them to get yet another member? I feel like Chaos is due for a shakeup. They seem a little big and aimless right now, and Empire still lacks any juniors. Hmm. That's the junior shouts, interesting one. Uh, I mean, ever since Yo came back,
1: that has been... As soon as he came back, I'm like, hmm... I mean, you've, you've not shaved your head, but there's something here. <laughs> I don't yeah. what it is. Maybe it's the crappy piano. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they used to practice at school together and it's a tight <laughs> bond. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, uh, there's something about it where it, it just feels like something. We could just be. Uh, I've got no idea if I'm definitely coming through, by the way, because uh, Jeremy's frozen for me. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah I've got I'm hearing no you. Idea. Are you hearing me? Are you hear me? Oh, thank you. Yeah, good. yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I am. yeah, Yeah, yeah. You froze, smiling, so it was good for my ego. <laughs> <laughs> like, no idea. Uh, but, but yeah, um, it's Something about it where I'm just like, I'm waiting for that turn. I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to cause it? It feels like um, it's, what, it's the uh, again? It's the WWE brain where one's been out injured, the other, without them, has really succeeded and done really well and really proven themselves. So when the other one returns, they super kick them in the face. <laughs> like, that's WWE's <laughs> thing. <laughs> right. You're getting kicked. Um, they've not done that. Yo's come back, and again, it's that WWE brain. It's like, oh yes, he's come back because he's sowing the seeds. He's getting close to him. So he can so that dick kick is just, oh, it's just it's full of emotion as well. <laughs> it's it's not just a shock in the moment. It's gonna emotionally break him. But I feel like that's that WWE brain in me. I just I'm in my head, always putting, when are you going to break up the team? Dang. It's all Vince's fault.
2: <laughs> like, right. It, yeah, Several of us were like, oh, yeah, there's going to be some kind of turn as soon as Yo comes mm-hmm. back. And you're, they're doing a slow burn here. And I do feel like, yeah, they are trying to shift the focus on Yo. He's getting a lot of sympathy with the attacks on the knee. He's getting the single tiles match. He has a new look. You know, they have this new music with him coming back. And so a lot of the attention is going on Yo. Where Sho has been there, grinding it out all year Having great matches and best sleeper juniors And uh, matches against Shingo in last year's New Japan Cup And really kind of, you know, breaking through And so, yeah, Sho could be kind of feeling, you know, some jealousy here Like, why is Yo getting this tile shot? I should get a, a tile shot against Despie. And so, maybe it's one of those things They end up losing the junior tactiles titles back to Despy and Kanamaru And then um, Yo fails to beat Despie And... That yo kind of comes out and you think show's gonna help yo to the back and he turns on him there or maybe maybe yo wins the title and show comes out as the first challenger um, oh. and, and it starts off like oh it's a, it's a friendly challenge but then they have a title match and show cheats to win
1: oh I think I like that because it, it kind of fits with like a show has had quite a few chances whilst yo's been out and then yo just come back and immediately does it uh, and there's your spark. And shows the big muscly bastard, and he's got the he's got the emo fringe, where he can drape it over and go for full emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've been back and forth in my head which one would be the better heel, and uh, I don't know. I feel like Yo has just a little bit too much baby oil <laughs> to be <Yeah>. a heel. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't booing a man that slippery. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, I think yeah, show could be be the heel here, and as far as where he would go. Um, I mean, I, I think he could go in the Empire Like people said, He they do need a junior in that faction um, I, I don't want to see him in Bullet Club I, I think Bullet Club's a, l- a little bit bloated right now And there's, there's plenty of juniors there I don't, I don't think Bullet Club needs anybody else um, I don't really see him fitting in with Suzuki-Goon I mean, maybe you could do that, but uh, I don't know I, I think Empire would probably be the, the best option for him
1: yeah, if he's going to do that, uh, yeah. It just uh, for me the bit that sold it was that point that they don't have a junior. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. New Japan make sure every base is covered in their factions. And and so, the
2: yeah, whole but, and the whole thing with the Empire, they've been kind of taking guys who have been getting the short you know short end of the stick and guys who feel like they've been underutilized or been misused by New Japan management. And so you have that in in Kob, Okan, and Hanare all three guys who kind of had gripes and feel like they should be getting better spots. And so that could, that could be show a guy who feel like he should be the champion, should be getting better spots, should be in more main events. So Jordan, the empire could be kind of that, the motivation for that right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in on that. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Next question here from shadow rock. He asks, aside from the bull club. I really don't understand factions in, in JPW. What does chaos do exactly?
1: Oh, there's the whole history of chaos, Shinsuke Nakamura, <laughs> Toge <laughs> McAfee, <laughs> GBH, this uh v- something very different than when they were first established. I guess that's now that it's like a big face faction. Right. What when there was a there's a mass history to the stable. Is that not much has happened recently?
2: Right. And I mean for me, as far as like the the purpose of of factions in New Japan, I mean, I kind of see them almost in a way, kind of like MMA training teams, training camps. Like you, you have guys fighting out of of the Chaos team, fighting out of the Bullet Club team, um, and and so you know, it's it's, it's a faction system, everybody kind of has their group, and so I th- I like the faction system, and it makes for great like pre matchups and having faction warfare's and having these multi man matches that set up for. Um, bigger matches down the line and, and as far as chaos, yeah, you know they, they were heels at one point And would would fight against the Hontai team And stuff like that But now, in the last couple of years We've seen them team up with Hontai And kind of be baby faces in, As a feud with guys like Bullet Club and Suzuki Goon um, And so, yeah I, don't know. I just think there there's kind of a blend Of of the home team right now So, that's, mm-hmm. why, that's why I feel like There could be some shake up there
1: because when they were first kind of becoming that big Face thing, there wasn't the like an L.I.J. stable where every single member's got such a strong like character and identity. Like each one's unique, yet somehow fits the stable perfectly. Uh, Chaos doesn't. It's never really had that. It's uh, yeah. I guess you've got Yoshihashi, for example. Yeah. <laughs> <in there>. yeah. <laughs> he, he's not going to be L.I.J. anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's not things like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the story behind—I do really recommend going into the story about uh, Chaos specifically, because it is quite interesting, and I feel like that does help, in a way, explain factions in New Japan at the same time. Because yeah. there weren't always factions everywhere. Right, yeah.
2: Uh, next question here from Dom On 101 First, he asks, any update on Shoto, Im- Shoto Umino? Is it possible that he could make an appearance on Strong in the near future? Um, I haven't heard anything, any updates on you know, Umino. I know he was also doing the excursion you know, in, in your country over in, in RevPro Imp, but uh, I haven't yeah, seen have Yeah, I've, I've, I've got one thing from
1: RevPro where they happened to do a and a on Twitter last week, and they were specifically asked about getting Umino back in. Uh, Umino's not in the country, so we can't get him in, but RevPro said like the first opportunity they do want to book him again mm. to get him back to RevPro. So he's that probably means he's currently in Japan and with the whole pandemic and everything he's not going anywhere but they are looking to get him back out there once he they actually can get him out and RevPo are like immediately like we want him back.
2: Yeah, so he's probably just been training at the dojo for now. Um, and who knows maybe they they'll get to a point where they're like, all right, we we, just, we want to debut him and maybe yeah we end up seeing him debut without finishing his, his excursion off. so we'll see what happens there. Um, a non-new dependent question he asked With well, Wrestlemania, well he asked this last week And we had to push it to this week Around the corner, what are your guys' favorite Mania matches And Mania shows? Uh, some of my favorite Mania matches are Savage vs. Warrior WrestleMania 7, Bret vs. Piper WrestleMania 8 Shawn vs. Razor WrestleMania 10 Shawn vs. Jericho at 19 Vince vs. Hogan at 19 And some of his favorite WrestleMania shows are WrestleMania 8, 10, 17, 18, 19, 21 He also says WrestleMania 27 is the worst WrestleMania of all time In his honest opinion
1: Ooh, I mean, there's some of the earlier WrestleMania's uh, haven't aged particularly well in terms of watching them, like WrestleMania 4, just to throw that one out there. <laughs> it's really not aged well. Um, but it, I, so my kind of like wrestling history story is the first wrestling show I ever watched was my friend showing me the VHS of WrestleMania 17. Uh, and every wrestling fan's reaction is, off. Oh, it's all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, my favourite WrestleMania, like, for me, because of the, like, kid nostalgia, like, just how, just seeing it for the first time, the TLC2 and Rock Austin were just, like, something else I'd just never seen before. Like, I knew of wrestling, because the advertising was everywhere for X8 over here, mm. so I was aware of wrestling. My friend had just bring it on the PS2. I asked my parents for it. They got me shut your mouth. I was initially really angry before realising it's the sequel, so it's technically better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I knew of wrestling. I just never watched it till X7. Like uh, so that is really ranked high for me. Um, I like some of the individual matches of recent manias, but until like, until this one, I'd say the big stadium manias have been quite difficult to watch because they're like eight hours long, which is absolutely ridiculous. So even if there's something good within there, it's been a few years since I've actually felt it, which is what made Saturday feel so special for me. Yeah. It was yeah, a show of full hype, and I was able to enjoy the main event and the atmosphere rather than just being bloody knackered away from it.
2: For me, I, I love WrestleMania 24. Um, in Orlando, you have the, the Shawn Michaels Ric Flair match. You have uh, the, the first Money in the Bank ladder match. You have... Um, Edge and Taker in the main event you have the Triple threat with Cena Triple H And Orton Um, there's a lot of There's a lot of of great matches on that WrestleMania 24 card Uh, Also I think WrestleMania 19 is super underrated I don't Think a a lot of people talk about that that Card all all together and there's a a lot of great Matches on that card as well Uh, As far as as favorite Mania matches I mean I'm a a Shawn Michaels guy so I mean Shawn versus Kurt Angle from 21 um, Is up there um the sean taker matches Um the last two Before sean retired Uh those were up there 20 with that 25 and 26 Um both are up there For me as favorites um Obviously, obviously also The tlc matches were great Uh the first money in the Bank was really good and, and Cool uh, and the fact that uh, CM punk one was kind of a surprise Um for that Night um so, yeah, those are the ones that kind of pop in my head. Also, yeah, the, the Sean Razor ladder match. I mean, uh, how, how do you feel about the the Sean Brett Ironman? Because I know a lot of people tend not to like that match.
1: It's, it's one of those where uh, – it's like how I describe Bobby Fish, where <laughs> I personally just find Bobby Fish a little bit boring whilst also at the same time knowing how good he is. Mm. That's how I kind of make that Man match. It doesn't personally do it for me, but I also know how good it is. So I'm not going to go against anybody who says it's right up there for them. Yeah. Uh, maybe part of that is because again I didn't I didn't properly start watching wrestling till 2005, so it's way before my time. Yeah. So I, I've got no reference for in the moment. There's no, none of that hype for me. Uh, yeah. So it's just like one of those recommended matches. And for, like obviously Austin versus Brett stood out way more to me as like a new fan. The first things I saw were like later Attitude Era stuff, so that's going to appeal to me a lot more than like the Iron Man match. Which, yeah. 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 Won't crap on anybody who likes
2: it. <laughs> but it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Growing up, I, I loved the Iron Man match. And also, I-, I watched that WrestleMania um, as a kid. We ordered that pay per view. And I was so happy when Sean, you know, won and got the title. And being a Sean Mother fan, like growing up, I would watch the Iron Man match all-, all the time. I loved that match. And I haven't rewatched it. It's been a long time since I've rewatched it. But I have a feeling it, it might not hold up compared to everything that. We've seen in, in recent years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, Omega Okada
1: with their Iron Man. or they're oh, essentially an Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. They balls. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't think, yeah, for me that was so incredible. I don't know how Sean versus Brett has aged now. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, it really got up up.
2: Yeah. Uh, next question here from Oscar Rooney. He says, in honor of DMX, if you were to give... X going to give it to you. Rough Riders Anthem and Where the Hood at to NJPW wrestlers as entrances. Who would you choose? So, Imp, are you familiar at all with DMX's uh, music? I am. Yes, I had
1: Death Jam Vendetta on PS (laughs) Two. It was my favourite games, (laughs) and (laughs) that's the kind of that's the game that got me kind of into rap for the first time. And uh, so, yes, I am familiar with DMX. Let's not do a whole backstory. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) to DMX. Yeah, nice. I will say, Omos threw up the X at WrestleMania. And I was like, oh, he'd be a good DMX one. Oh, <laughs> big Omos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not New Japan at all. <laughs> I just thought, oh yes.
2: <laughs> um, oh, I was trying to think. Uh, I, I would give uh, X gonna give it to you to uh, Hanare, just because he just came. He was just X of the United Empire. So, and he's had this new attitude. So, <laughs> X gonna give it to you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was picturing Chris Dickinson going over to New Japan and having it.
2: Oh yeah, you can do that. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's just—it's got to be somebody awesome. Uh, uh, some totally wouldn't fit. <laughs> it's just great, O'Kane. <laughs> <That's laughs> oh, <of it. laughs> uh, <laughs> like you put an X on the instead of the question mark. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you you go full in with it. That's a completely changes gimmick. <laughs> right? <laughs> it yeah. Be any of that? Yeah. Um, who would be awesome? I'm trying to think who would be really good for it. Because uh, they often have quite strong gimmicks that tie into their themes
2: really well in New Japan. For the, the Rough Riders anthem, I'm I'll, I'll probably thinking probably Ishii. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'd, I'd still I'd have
1: the Pitbull uh, roaring first as well. Keep that in. <laughs> I'm right. Transition into
2: the other one. Uh. And then where's the hood at? I'm trying to think who <laughs> would be good for um Immediately, Yoshihashi. <laughs> 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 oh man!
1: Uh, he's got the stick. He can. <laughs> just, uh, I'm, I'm picturing him on the uh, corner, and he's got his hood up, and then he's like down with the hood, out yeah. with the stick. <laughs> That's
2: what I'm picturing. I think maybe uh, maybe yeah, Suzuki could could come out too. Uh, where, yeah. where the hood's at. <laughs> Yeah, Yoshashi's not my serious answer.
1: <laughs> so <that> <laughs> yeah, the Suzuki yeah, Gun lads are, I'll say, they've got the serious swagger enough to carry it. <laughs> I'll say yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> which is why also Omos just jumped out immediately. He's like, <laughs> yes, the best, somehow, for WrestleMania, he was even better dressed than he is normally. Like, what, what gear is he going to wear? Oh wait, no, he's wearing even more fancy clothes. <laughs> <laughs> he had he had Under Armour with buttons. And that was like, my god, that's like the most fancy coat I've seen on a wrestler. <laughs> the o- o- Omos, the smartest man at WrestleMania, because the only one to wear a coat when it was pissing it down. <laughs> <laughs> it made... <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: so, yeah. So my answer is almost from WWE. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just had uh, some more questions come in here from Dom Honey 101. Uh, just just in the nick of time here. Uh, so he has some, several questions here, actually. So first he says, what are your thoughts on shows like Wrestle Kingdom and WrestleMania being two-night events? Do you think this is just a trend or will it be here to stay? Which event is better as a two-night event? So that's a bit difficult.
1: I loved Wrestle Kingdom as one event, whilst WWE WrestleMania as one event was a slog. So WrestleMania is massively improved by being two nights. Whilst Wrestling Kingdom, I didn't feel there was anything wrong with one night because I loved the way it kind of hyped up where you got to a certain point in the card and then you knew you're getting like five bangers in a row. Uh, like I loved that feeling. Where so like the uh, like the Never title comes out or the uh, Junior lads come out, and you know from here on out it's banger after banger after banger. And yeah, I kinda miss that feeling. I, I love getting that every January. Yeah. But I, yeah, so I feel like WrestleMania's 100 percent benefited way more, but that's just because I loved Wrestle Kingdom as it was. I still really do like Wrestle Kingdom. I love the like bootsy J White. I was so hyped for it when I was watching that. So it's not detracting massively. I think yeah, one's helped the other way more.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought Russell Kingdom always did a great job of that build. You had that you know that opener, maybe junior tag match or some kind of multi man match opener, and you build all the way up until you get to the IWGP heavyweight match. It just it flowed well. It, it never felt super long. Um, it was very enjoyable as one night. Um, I don't mind Wrestle Kingdom as two nights. I mean, you get, there's some more stuff you can do. You can give some matches some more time to breathe, and obviously, business wise, you you can get double the gate if you if you can sell out both nights. So, business wise, I definitely understand why they would keep doing two nights going forward. But I didn't mind one night, but I do see the the benefits of doing two nights. Uh, WrestleMania, I definitely um, enjoyed that. As two nights, as you know, I went to WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, and that mm. was just a long day with the, <laughs> the pre-show. I think starting at five our time, and then the show didn't end until after midnight with the Roman Undertaker match. And that it just it was, it felt like a slog. It was hot. It was just, and then just watching WrestleManias that are mm. long. It's just like WrestleManias. It, they went from you know, I, I like if WrestleMania is going to be one night, it has to be that four hour format that it used to be in. Cause that was the whole thing. You know, yes. Normal view used to be three hours, but WrestleMania, you had that extra hour. it was four hours. And so that, that's what made it special. And then year after year, it just kept adding it more and more. It's getting longer and longer and longer. Um, so if they're never going to go back to the four hour, one night format, then I think then I would go with the two night format same business principles go with New Japan. You can do double nights. You can get double the house, um, and then you can give some more matches time to breathe. You get more people on the car without having a you know a one eight hour show. So yeah, I like. I hope that they will continue to do this kind of two night format for Mania going forward.
1: Yeah, and I'm not a normal fan when it comes to wrestling because I, I reviewed the shows for Wrestling Headlines. So when I when the shows ended. I, like 5 a.m. in the morning, will get my microphone, get my camera, <laughs> and I'll do a live review with the chat and everything. So for me, I personally really do prefer the two nights. It's way easier to do like those shows after a, four, a three to four hour show compared to the eight. I feel so lucky that I never had to do an eight hour WrestleMania <laughs> kind of like, I wonder why plan left <laughs> <After>. <laughs> I wonder why uh, yeah I I as a reviewer much more prefer it to be every two, uh, two nights it's way easy to digest and then talk about and then come back in the next day
2: Yeah. well speaking of Wrestlemania his next question he says thoughts on this year's Wrestlemania which night was better in my opinion I thought night one was better than night two but both main events were top notch my opinion also I like the fact that they were trying, there were very few part-timers on the card, and this is not a knock on the part-timers, but they needed an to attempt to make new stars.
1: And in the light of Josh not being here, talking about Damian Priest, that man, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the same twang that Josh has. <laughs> in his honour. Um, I really enjoyed Night One. It was a really special atmosphere. Like you still felt it online as well, in like in real time watching it live, and especially the main event as well. It was yeah, just a really special atmosphere. And uh, I again added my live review afterwards, and like the the atmosphere in the chat, it it carried over. There was just such a positive buzz in the air, and people really did feel like they generally had watched something special. I think the moment it really kind of clicked for them was when Michael Cole had absolutely zero fear to state why this was important. Like no no it was going, Oh, the the main of Aiden, but it's got nothing to do with the skin colour or the the sex, they're just really talented. It's like, Well, why is it ground bacon then? <laughs> it's not to do with any of those reasons. Right. <laughs> Michael Cole, zero fear. And I feel like that really helped kind of sell it and that yeah, that uh, that atmosphere was still felt whilst I was doing my review. Um, yeah, I thought like it was a really special night. It didn't need to have home run wrestling matches. It didn't need to be Wrestle Kingdom level stuff. But the just the
2: atmosphere across the entire thing, uh, I'm repeating myself now, but <laughs> yeah, it was a really special night. Yeah, I also love night one. Night one was the, the better night. Um, I, I love Almost um, and just how, you know, he did very little, but his presence jumped off the screen and... Um, they, they got a star in the making if they, they push him correctly. Um, Cesaro and Seth was, was a very good match. I felt like I was watching, um, you know, some some 07 Ring of Honor, uh, Tyler Black and Claudio Casagnoli. Uh, so the, that was a good matchup. And, uh, yeah, I mean, then the main event, Sasha and uh, Biancos was, was incredible. I went the full five on it. Uh, I love the matchup. Um, you know, it's it, WWE, it takes a lot for me now Nowadays to get invested and get excited about it But that match had me I thought it was a very good match It was a great match And yeah, they just, they just went balls to the walls A lot of, a lot of great innovative spots With uh, Bianca like, doing the, the press slam up the, the stairs And the way they incorporated her hair And that whip that she gave to Sasha And just the, whole build, the whole build-up and story was awesome And yeah, just excellent work by both ladies And um, yeah Night one was a better night.
1: Oh, yeah, by far. I think the main event of night two really delivered as well. Uh, but
2: nothing else that I can't do. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and definitely, I think it did help both nights, the fact that there were not many part-timers. I mean, you had Shane, mm. the Strowman match. You had, I guess, I don't know if Edge is considered a part-timer or not, because I know he has been working. All smackdown since he's been back but I don't know if he's going to be back after this loss so I guess you could I guess you could kind of count him as Shane Edge um, yeah. but that, that was really it there wasn't a ton that you didn't have triple H you didn't have taker there was no Cena uh, no Batista mm. no rock um, so it gave a chance for some of these guys to um, get some singles matches get some time to shine normally they would probably be overshadowed by some of these part-timers.
1: I feel like Cesaro's a like massive kind of example of that. Like he was the like, one of those guys who just doesn't get a shine or a chance, and here he was defeating Seth Rollins, the man who defeated Vince Lesnar at the last time they actually ran a stadium, and Cesaro's beating him at WrestleMania in an in a ring of honor match. <laughs> I loved it. it just that that just was a ring of honor match. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah. I, so I think there's any additional point. Oh, Samoa Joe and poncho. Yes. <laughs> that was, yes. To see. That <laughs> yes. was great. Uh, just getting so hyped with that video package. It was really, really well done. And then you come back to Michael Cole, just going, Well, it's raining. So, <laughs> <laughs> Shane, do you want to say anything?
2: <laughs> um, his next question is Is it possible that we may see a story of the great Okan eventually becoming the leader of the United Empire?
1: Mm. I it, mean, well, it's so incredibly early into that faction. Uh, who who knows what dynamic they'll kind of end up being, uh, really. I mean, I think he's so quickly getting over, maybe, over time. But no one, no one out of LIG's broken out at all. I <laughs> not so yeah I, really don't
2: know. Yeah, I, I think uh, also that there's a story to tell with that down the line but this this unit is mm-hmm. so fresh. Um, I think it's it's been great having this fresh unit and also the, the plan right now is to establish Osprey as a top guy right now. He's got the belt he's got his faction they're, they're giving him you know they shot the rocket on him and so I feel like being a top guy in new Japan you usually are, are in the head of a faction. You know, we saw that you know Okada, head of Chaos Naito's the head of LIJ um, Tanahashi's kind of the head of Huntai. So a lot of the guys that have been champion You know, Kenny was leader of Bullet Club Jay, leader of Bullet Club A lot of these guys that end up being champion Are usually leaders of factions And so uh, I, I can see Osprey just kind of being In charge of the United Empire for a while um, Until they get to the point where they, they want Great Okan to get to that title picture
1: I was just trying to think what would his stable be and I I I went far. (laughs) I was just trying to think, what would Great Khan do? And immediately I've got him with Khan and his show of freaks (laughs) or something, just a line of interesting wrestlers. Um like, This is the greatest Khan. Oh, uh yeah i'm assuming that's not what was pictures <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah again because he's just been so he's made such a presence so quickly yeah but we'll see if he stays this over like within a year or so and then he can like long term maybe three years after that <laughs> think about it yeah because that's enough time for new japan to slowly bubble something because they do
2: take their time. When we say long-term, we're talking flipping years. <laughs> we build something. Yeah, there's probably a Gator probably has notebooks filled with like the next five years and what's going to happen with Great <laughs> Khan and the United Empire. And then the lights flick back on. And there's
1: a random man there so wearing a hood, It's back He's taking off the hood. <laughs> so you can do a surprise debut in the lights out with the hood and everything. Yeah.
2: Uh, oh, would you do that, King of Pro Wrestling, have a surprise <laughs> debut when the lights come back up on? The <laughs> light comes on. It's um, Andrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just there, yeah, the silliest
1: match, <laughs> just to send the Americans wild, and force the Americans to then watch the King of Pro Wrestling match because they think they expect something good. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
2: Uh, His last question here, non-wrestling question, he says, with the passing of legendary musical icon DMX, what are your guys' thoughts on his music?
1: I mean, I lightly touched on it, but you've accidentally given me an avenue to, (laughs) I guess, uh, talk about my history. Go for Uh, it. Yeah, so, uh, first exposure was, I'm now second guessing, was he on Def Jam Fandessa?
2: He was, yeah.
1: He was, definitely was, yeah. Yeah. I try to remember who my favourite guy on there was. It might have been the created guy, someone like Marty or Moby or something. It wasn't <laughs> real. <laughs> something like that. The guy you did your career as, uh, that one. But yeah, so that was my introduction. And I... Because, I, again, growing up as a kid, it was all kind of like rock music and my... Or pop or whatever. And keep in mind, I was born in 92. So my pop music, you're talking, talking boy bands <laughs> when I was a kid. They were number one. <laughs> like, oh... Uh, I know you want to talk about DMX, but I've ended up going to, like, NSYNC. <laughs> 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 a, yeah, so they were, like, number one. And, and so I was never really exposed to that that much. Then they started to break into the charts, and um, I wanted a wrestling game, saw the reviews for Jeff Dan Vendetta. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a go. It looks fun. And it just so quickly, just everything on that game influenced me. Uh, Ludacris as well. Like, he was another one. Mm. I just... I, I would never have thought it would have connected with me like it did but yeah just all those uh, all those songs on that game just immediately did so I checked out more and just and from that point was just a fan and because again I was a 100% like a rocker kid really who just for some reason had DMX Ludus <laughs> 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 guys just like all there Um so yeah I yeah so, yeah, so from that point I was just a fan it's, it's not it's not any more video really lab, than that, so I, I have to give kudos to because and then checks out wider things because uh, again I didn't know anything about Biggie and well, I've forgotten his name. Tupac. Jesus, <laughs> huh? talking about Biggie, Tup- Tupac. Is that, yeah, Tupac. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Biggie. I'm picturing him. I was like, come on, she called. She She called. get it. Yeah, so um, uh, that was something that I then slowly became interested in and learned about because obviously all of that had happened before I was like, whilst I was a toddler, all of that had taken gone down. So I, it was all in like way in the past by the time I was looking it up. And yeah, I, I'd say definitely connected with Tupac's music more. But it's like, I'm, I'm a very white person <laughs> from the UK. I'm so far away from that world. <laughs> like just, there, is, there is no like, real strong link or connection <laughs> to why. I think I just liked the way that. And there's no real strong in it. I don't, I don't know, too. I've always liked the slightly deeper ones. Yeah, he did. And, uh, to, uh, yeah, to both Tupac and uh, DMX, DMX
2: especially, just had that cool, just like, I want to sound like you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, D- DMX has had that unique voice, like, when you when his song come on, like, you know, like, you hear him start rapping, you know, all right, yeah, that's DMX, and, like, you know what you're getting, yeah, definitely had that Like you mentioned, that deep, kind of unique voice, and also, I can't remember the first time I heard him, probably on the, ra- some t- somewhere on the radio, probably, um, because he made a lot of, you know, hit songs, and, you know, probably driving to school with my parents having, you know, pop radio on, it probably came on, um, so yeah, I don't remember the first time I heard him, but yeah, definitely growing up, he had a lot of big songs, and a lot of his songs were great for working out too, um, getting you getting you pumped up. And then, like you mentioned, Def Jam, Def Jam Vendetta, I played those, and I'll see a lot of songs uh, featured in there as well. And so, yeah, just, uh, you know, and the songs that we were talking about earlier from the earlier question, you know, X Gonna Give It To You, The Rough Fire's Anthem, uh, Where the Hood At, three of his biggest songs, you know, the little songs so that if they came out on the club or came out on the radio, like everybody knows the words. And everybody's, you know, going crazy for it. So, yeah, definitely was a big fan of DMX and loved, loved his songs. And, yeah, definitely a shame that, yeah, passing away only at 50 years old. So definitely our, our thoughts and prayers to, to his family. Um, and, yeah, listen, listen to his music and just you know, remember remember the great stuff that he brought brought to us. I think it was like the first uh, rapper that I watched where watching him
1: live in concert. It was just the way that he'd, he'd hold the mic and put out his arm and his arm would just do that whilst he's rapping and every person in that crowd is perfectly in time with his arm. (laughs) It's just to have that level of control over the audience. I think he was the first guy I saw do that. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously sucks. Uh, But I've got, I've got quite, I've got fond memories. Uh, That's kind of how I'd like to remember him.
2: Well, uh, last thing we have here recommended match of the week. So I'm um, picking the recommended match for this week. And, and since I, I walked out on Loki's uh, main event match, ma- Mania Weekend, uh, I figure <laughs> I, I do some, some justice here. So uh, this uh, week's recommended match of the week is Wrestling Dontaku 2012. It's Loki versus Prince Devitt for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship.
1: I think I won. Because I, I think when Finn Balor debuted... I went back and watched a bit of Devitt stuff because I started watching in 2014 New Japan. So I just missed Devitt's run. Uh, so, yeah, so it was I it quite interesting going back to watch all his, all his stuff with like Loki. Uh, did, did he wrestle Naito at that point? Because Naito would have been a junior. I want to say, yeah. He did triple threat, so I can't remember who he was against. <laughs> really irritating. Might have well, been Bushi,
2: Ibushi, actually. Yeah, there was the Loki, yeah. Ibushi, Devitt triple threat from Wrestle Kingdom. Mm.
1: That was it. That must have been the one. There's another one in like a new beginning or something, uh, but yeah, uh, to be fair, it could be this exact match. <laughs> that could be the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> uh, but all I remember is the red carpet, and they ha- had that for every show back then. So it really, <laughs> really doesn't help differentiate. Uh, but yeah, um, Loki's run is that's when he was doing his hitman gimmick, he was kind of figuring that out. Uh, To bring back to impact, and when he brought it back to impact, I was like, "Oh, that was cool." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. I it's two guys who are close to finding their ultimate edges, so it's quite interesting to go back and watch now. Uh, But obviously, we know how great they are.
2: Yeah, both both guys are awesome. Uh, I love both of these guys, and so yeah, should be a fun matchup for everybody to check out this week. So again, that's Russell Dantaku, twenty twelve Loki versus Prince Devitt for the junior title. It is on New Japan World. And Im, thanks so much for uh, jumping on the show last minute here, filling in for the young boy. He, he owes you something now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take $50. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you his cut of the ad revenue. <laughs> uh, Gonna be poor boy. Now. <laughs> I'll be the paper boy. <laughs> uh, so Im, go ahead, uh, give your plugs, tell our listeners where they can find you online. Uh, so you can follow
1: me on Twitter at the damn implicat. That's damn as in damn. And you can catch my reviews of Vaughn and NXT every week. I want to do SmackDown, I just don't currently have the space to do it. So but yeah, I do Vore and NXT for vesting headlines over on their YouTube channel. And I also I'm live with Aftershock after all the pay-per-views. Hence why I'm flipping knackered. <laughs> also, I, I also really needed to smile about wrestling. <laughs> so this has been a great rehab <laughs> for me. Uh, then jump back into NXT tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, also I do colony things for lots of pa- uh, so wrestling headlines every now and then. Uh, I think I posted one ahead of NXT TakeOver. If you want to go read my words that I wrote, <laughs> that's about it. I don't write regularly enough to massively plug that. Oh, Twitch! I'll plug my Twitch. I never plug my Twitch on my own streams. Let <laughs> me do this. Yeah, so I've been streaming on Twitch over at The Implications with a Second S. Uh, I'm currently playing Yakuza Zero over on that stream. So, if you like Japanese video games that have loads of side quests you can get lost in, as in, I said I'd be doing it, so it's got a massive story about a, like a, a murder on an empty lot and you've got uh, so Yakuza's involved, and it's all really, it's got loads of layers to it. It's really well told. Then I'm over here having dance contests and running a cabaret club. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> trust me, when people come to the stream, like, trust me, there's a there's a Yakuza story here. I'm just massively sidetracked <laughs> by all of this stuff. Um, well, what are you doing? Well, I need to defeat this woman in a dance contest, obviously. <laughs> so it's one of those games. Uh, yeah, I think tomorrow I'm streaming year, uh, Fortnite as well. Because it uh, turns out streaming with other people, they want to play multiplayer games and don't want to watch me run a Cameraway Club. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: So, follow, yeah, on Twitch. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, check out Imp online. You can follow him on Twitch, Twitter. Check out his stuff on YouTube, on um, WrestlingHeadlines.com. But, uh, Imp, thanks again for joining this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back to review more of The Road to Wrestling Don Taku. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation. You can visit socialsuplex.com donate on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, the show is at K.I. Strong Style. The network is at Social Suplex. You can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan on Facebook. We're Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. We are gonna sponsor the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Instagram, we're at Social Suplex. On Reddit, I'm the Pro Black Guy. Y'all, is Keeping It Strong Style email me Jeremy at socialsuplex.com and be sure to check out all the other shows here on the social Suplex podcast network we have one show radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd we have the Ricky and Clyde wrestling show from Scotland we have grave consequences with Caleb and maserati the eight-bit suplex of Josh number two and Sandy all things elite with Floyd and Austin and the great match generator with Danny don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review and we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.